Singer Dionne Warwick was arrested at Miami International Airport after a routine baggage scan discovered 11 marijuana cigarettes jammed in her lipstick case. Dionne, what did you plan to do when you got to the security checkpoint? When you were stopped by Officer Alfred McGillan, what did you say? And Dionne Warwick, who do you normally smoke pot with? Sources say you were carrying the pot for Whitney Houston. Is that true? When do you usually get high? So would you say you've been smoking pot for a long time? Miss Warwick signed papers guaranteeing she would return for her day in court. Don't you love the way that ends? <laughs> like all of a sudden. Yeah, just like oop. Well, she ran out of gas, maybe out of steam. It's 9.01 at 5.60. Happy Tuesday to you. Here we are again, starting all over again. Boy, just like, uh, I don't know, it just keeps going on and on and on forever, you know, like the days of our lives. Sun is shining. It's beautiful, baby. Going to be 72 here today in Toronto. Did you tell me it was raining again down there? Off and on, right. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Anyway, it was beautiful in Amsterdam, I'll tell you that right now. I had one crappy day last Wednesday. It was one of those, uh, the faucet in the sky days that Amsterdam is famous for, where it, like, drips intermittently, like somebody is peeing up there in the sky, and, like, uh, you know, drips a little bit, and then a little harder and a little softer, and all day long. Kind of a washout. But other than that, it was pretty damn nice, 65 to 70-ish every day. A good time was had by all, including me. The place was packed. They were packing it in Amsterdam. It was uh, wonderful. And one of the great things about uh, having this vacation come to an end is that, first of all, yesterday being a holiday, which I didn't realize you were going to be working yesterday, but nevertheless. And secondly, uh, coming back to Toronto instead of getting off a plane and being in Miami. So it kind of like eases the pain, <laughs> if you follow what I'm saying. Yeah. What a pleasant surprise. By the way, I have a little bit of culinary advice for the audience. Uh, first, how about an update? The Beast is sick. Yes. The beast ate in a Chinese restaurant and got some bad grits or something like that. Was in the hospital overnight for one night. I guess now he's okay. He's okay, but not back at work yet, apparently. And you do understand what that's all about, don't you? And that is uh, the God. God works in mysterious ways. He's punishing a baby. He's punishing the beast. He was doing so great. He lost about 30 pounds, and I'm sure he still kept most of that off. But uh, always with these excuses, man. No more goddamn excuses. Goes into some chinks restaurant and eats a big meal and got sick. Uh, who knows what he got, you know. Anyway, my culinary, and also Boog Shambi, we should mention the booster, who lost a lot of weight and kept it off, but unfortunately has this problem where he like, keeps falling down lately and passing out, yeah, like that. And we don't know what that's all about. Does anybody have any more information about that? Is he okay? Is he with the team? Is he, uh... We don't know. We don't know. So we hope that Boog is okay, because we like Boog a lot on this show, and we like the Beast a lot. But, and these are people who have been a variety of uh, fat, you know, during the course of their lives, although Boog's kept that weight off for a long time. Yes, he has. He's working out a lot, too, by the way. I see. Maybe working out a little bit too much, or maybe working with that, what's his name, that does the games with the bad hair piece? What's his name, Dave Van Boring? Maybe that's what's doing it to him. Maybe it would put me into a coma. <laughs> up, up, and away. Yeah. Oh, my God. Where do we find some of those people? Anyway, spicy Thai foods and irritable bowel do not go hand in gland. I'm going to tell you that right now. I've been talking a lot about eating great Thai food here, and, uh, and it's delicious. But when you have an irritable bowel to begin with, when you got a bad, sensitive stomach, 
and then you start eating really spicy food. It tastes great, and you don't realize it, but over a very short period of time, it's just tearing your guts out, baby. It's tearing your insides out. When in doubt, tear it out. And then your stomach, now you probably didn't even know this, but your stomach is connected to your ass. Were you aware of that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we, we don't we don't think of it. I'm not talking about your ass. I'm talking about like your lower back, your sacroiliac, oh, which okay. is one of my favorite words. We never use that word, but what a great term, huh? Watch out for your sacroiliac. And, of course, when you start having bad stomach problems, also it affects your lower back. And you go to get up, and all of a sudden you have these bad cramps, and you feel like you're going to die any second. Exactly. And so I cleaned up my act with the food, and I stopped eating the uh, spicy stuff while I was in Amsterdam. Food, anyway. And I'm feeling great. Report there. A little bit of advice. If you don't eat in Thai restaurants, I love Thai food, and I'm sure you probably do, too. But, boy, some of that stuff is really hot. Too much peanut butter. I could pass on top. I don't. Uh, I never eat. I don't like peanut butter. I mean, I could. I could live with or without it. In fact, the only way I would ever eat peanut butter, and I have it in years, would be like right out of the jar, like a slob with a spoon, you know. Like ice cream. You were talking before the show about eating a bowl of ice cream. Well, I don't eat a bowl of ice cream. If I'm going to eat ice cream, I eat it right out of the container. Why waste the time transferring it into a bowl? What's the point? Unless you're like in mixed company or something like that. Well, because you buy the big vat of ice cream, you're not going to microwave the whole thing. Uh, how about a half gallon? <laughs> no, see, you you don't know how to work it, man. You you don't know how to work your ice cream. No, I'm a piper. Let me tell you right I'll now. You get, your, you get yourself a half gallon of some really nifty flavor that's got all the little chunks of whatever it is, you know. <laughs> and then you put that in the microwave for about 88 seconds. Maybe maybe a little longer than that. <laughs> now, I don't know what you're laughing about. And what you do is you work around the edges toward the middle. Know, yeah. And then when you realize that you've eaten about half of it, which is a quart at that point, then you just uh, you, you take it right to the sink and you pour hot water over it to destroy it, and then you <laughs> you throw it out. Well, no, you have to do that because otherwise you're going to finish the whole thing. I don't know what you're laughing about. I'm just being honest with you, okay? I'm a big, fat slob, all right? That's the way you do it. If you're going to go out and buy, but now I ordinarily, you know, buy pints myself, like when I was on that Ben and Jerry's kick with the fish food. It's only, at least at that point, was available in pints. I found it in quarts, but nevertheless, <laughs> no, I, I, I never bought a die. quart of Ben and Jerry's ice cream in my life. That's the truth. Never, I, but uh, I have seen it in quarts. The personal pint is very handy, and you can microwave yeah. that. And, of course, here, like when I found that Nestle's turtle, which I'm not eating any more ice cream here, boys and girls, That was, between that and the Thai food just about killed me. I got to Amsterdam, and I'm telling you, I thought I was done. I thought this was finito, the last uh, trip. And I stopped eating the crap, and all of a sudden, lo and behold, I lost a couple of pounds, and I was able to get up without my back killing me, and my stomach got all cleared out, and I was starting to have some lovely bowel movements. Uh, by the way, I know this sounds gross. But the most astonishing thing, even at this at this late date, to show you when is their spot coming up? I guess it's next hour or later on. Balance for life. Yeah. To show you what a miracle that weight loss thing is. I don't want to call it a diet, but it's a whole program where they provide you the food. Even at this point, with all the crap that I've talked about eating in the interim, and I have all that Thai food, all of that vats and vats of Nestle's turtle ice cream and other crap. I still, when I, in other words, if I can go a day or two without doing like that, all of a sudden I'm back to those beautiful wonderful specimens that even uh, Mother Nature yep. would be proud of. You know what I'm talking about? I, I do know what you're talking they about. They come out like medicinally in one long, smooth piece, and then like kind of like, like, and that's it. Yeah. Drop right off. You're almost like a, like a dog. You almost don't even have to wipe. Almost. Wow. That, it's that's a formality. If anybody out there has never had a bowel movement like that, I'm, you don't have no idea what you're missing. I'm just telling you that right now. I realize uh, hey, that I comes agree. You're preaching to the choir. That's right. By the way, the trend comes out, speaking of bowel movement, as we always tie things together on this program. <laughs> oh, 
Well, the trend comes out, which is it's only a monthly trend. Okay, tomorrow at two thirty, which will be after we're off the air already. So Thursday we can we can play taps for four hours because I guarantee you. Now I've been wrong the last couple times in a row. I've been dead wrong because we went through all of that business, the upheaval with the morning show and the first team, and then Mo came in and all of the other changes on the station. But uh, we've been hanging on, thanks to that January, we had that very distorted, what they call in the uh, trade, a wired book kind of like thing, where everybody who listened to the station got a diary, at least one and maybe two or three. So we had that enormous January, so we've been able to keep propping ourselves up based on that. And look at the gigantic bonus that some of us already got based on that phony, I mean, that great January. But that's going to be dropping off because for those of you who are not rating, uh, rating students, the ratings are like three months at a time, January, February, and March. Then January drops off. They do February, March, and April, et cetera, and so on. You following me so far? No. I'll it. write it down. So this will be February, March, and April, the numbers that come out tomorrow afternoon, which we'll report to you on Thursday, as bad as they're going to be. And we're going to be dropping off that humongous, that huge January, which we've been holding to like a lifeline for months now. And that's going to be <laughs> vanishing. So the numbers that come out tomorrow afternoon, I think, will bring us back to some level of humility and make us realize we have to work a little bit harder, if you know what I'm saying. A lot harder. I mean, it's going to be... I don't want to use it, but the term death knell does come to mind. I just mentioned that in passing, just to kind of cover our ass Rectum. at this point, because it's going to be bad. And it isn't necessarily going to mean all of that much, because then that nasty February is going to drop off. Does anybody care about any of this? No. But we do in the industry. Everybody in the business cares about this. And, of course, the people down the hallway at Power 96, they better be praying that the bleeding stops when the trend comes out tomorrow afternoon. In fact, we better pray that the bleeding stops because uh, PYM just might beat us out in men. Do you know that? Yeah. How close was it in the uh, book? Do you remember? No, I don't. Oh. I guess it wasn't around here somewhere. But, I mean, they were a pretty respectable second. And, of course, the question is, is PYM still gaining momentum? That's party radio with the uh, the Euro, the uh, dance music, the dance and the trance in your pants, and all the stuff that Kid Curry won't play that we've been giving him for two years. By the way, some great music out over there when I was in Amsterdam. Great music on the 85 different uh, movie, uh, music channels that I get. Well, speaking of movie channels, which I almost said, somebody's got to let us know the name of the, uh, which Robert might even answer the phone for a second. It's, uh, and Come back. I, Robert, where are you going? No, no, I'm just saying for one second. We're not taking any calls today. No. Just relax. And I heard, by the way, spy report that you and Joe did screenless one day. Why did you do that? What do you I mean, mean? I don't really care what you do. It's your deal when you're there. But why did you do that? Are you masochists? What do you mean screenless? It's always screenless. It is? The whole week. Well, I mean, as screenless as normal. He's just putting people on hold. He's not actually talking to anybody. Oh, I see. But not not the usual sense of screenless of just punching one up no, after No, no. I see. So you're full of crap, Rimmer. I don't say who was that was giving me spy reports. Who never listens, by the way, when you're doing the oh, show, but listens not. religiously. In With fact, this is a man who doesn't it. listen to most of the shows on our station, and yet he was giving me a report on everybody's show. Get a life, Rimmer. I know your hockey season is over. Speaking of that, by the way, oh, I can't believe it. I go away, I come back, and the Leafs are still hanging on. The walking wounded, even our big fat cigar chomping coach is like missed two games because his heart is like flittering in the and uh, whatever it is. And we got another big game at the ACC tonight. It just it it's a season that just will never end. I was hoping after it got down to three three games to one for Carolina. Okay, we gave it a good shot. We had all our players injured. It's a walking wounded. It was a really valiant effort. Get it over with. No, nope, can't do it. One nothing, and we got game six at the ACC tonight. And if by some miracle the Leafs win tonight, 
By the way, Game 7 of that series is not for tomorrow, like the Sun Sentinel's been telling you. It's for Thursday. It's going to be played in Carolina Thursday, not tomorrow, as the Sun Sentinel once again gets it wrong. But at least they're consistent. Oh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Mike Piazza insists he's not gay. We got, uh, they found Chandra, and we got, uh, FBI gate and Cheney gate, and, uh, and you better be a red alert, purple alert. Now we got scuba divers are going to be attacking. You notice as soon as that FBI thing really came out big, I don't want Robert to get too upset about this, but it happens to be true. Right away, Cheney comes out. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. It's 100% guaranteed. Everybody climb out of the bed. The sky is falling. Don't, uh, you know, don't criticize us. Hey, summertime might as well be here already. It's the end of May. It's almost June. You need all the energy you can to feel good in that heat and stay healthy. The heat and humidity just about knock your ass out. Oleomed is one product that will make you feel your best all the time and keep you in good health, even in sultry South Florida. Oleomed is a soft gel capsule that contains pharmaceutical-grade olive oil along with vitamins and minerals and herbals while promoting health for your prostate, for your heart. There's a product for your blood pressure and cholesterol. Probably could help Pat Quinn, as a matter of fact. Oleomed's also got supplements to promote health in your circulatory system, your digestive and endocrine system, your skin and bones, even your mind. I never did mention that movie I wanted to find the name of. No. I will. All using the benefits... Well, how can I find the name of it if I can... Uh, all using the benefits of pharmaceutical-grade olive oil, and Oleomed's got products for men and also for you ladies out there in Radio Land as well. Oleomed's available right now at Walgreens, Whole Food Markets, Navarro Pharmacy, and Sedano's. It's a stupendous product, and it's helping thousands of people stay healthy all over South Florida and all over the USA. So if you don't see it on the shelf, ask the store manager about Oleomed. Knock them on the shoulder and say where the hell you're hiding it. Or call toll-free to get more information about their products, how they work, and what they do for you. Call 1-866-OLEOMED. That's 1-866-OLEOMED, or order their products right on their website, if you like, at oleomedamerica.com. Educational options. No portion of this program may be reproduced without the express written no. permission of WQAM, Beasley Broadcast Group, Incorporated. Oh, God. What's up, Mr. Foster? Well, Stephen, I go in for a lap dance, and all I get offered is a laptop. It makes your head spin. Your sexual quandaries are easily solved by the folks in hell. Just give them a call, and they'll hook you up with the right woman for you at the right price for you. Hey, Stephen, isn't this your dad's car? Um, no. You're going to say it, aren't you? Yeah, I guess. But I think he knows. Dude, you're going to hell. And you ought to be there with him, Stephen. Boy, does that kid get on my nerves or what? Crap out of me. 917 at 560 WQM. Happy Tuesday to you. George took a poll yesterday, and uh, I'm in shock that he worked on Memorial Day. Why did you do that? I thought we were supposed to. We're not running tapes anymore, are we? Now, did, did Joe work with you on the show yesterday also? Yes, he did. Oh, I didn't know that. So the two of you were there on a holiday. I don't understand. Well, the reason that nobody knows that is because our program director is on a uh, long busman's holiday. He's on a long vacation. And uh, and I should say this, by the way. Thanks to our crack engineer, Julio, who is absolutely the best. We had a little technical difficulty when I got back to my apartment here in Toronto. The line was a little bit screwed up. We had some problems. And Julio and I finally got uh, in touch on the phone yesterday. And I sat around here, crawled around on the floor for about a, ha a half an hour. And with his direction, and with, uh, under his direction, got everything working. Nice going there, Julio. Oh! You're the best, baby. This is our AKA Clarence doing a spectacular job as interim program director. Kind of reminds me of that Wally uh, Pip Lou Gehrig thing, you know. Loan me your glove. But nevertheless, I don't want you to get nervous, Muff. So George took a poll yesterday, which oh, the movie I'm trying to think of before we get to the poll. came across it in just after the beginning, so I didn't see the name of the, by the movie. By the way, something. You're yes. still dropping out like you just did yeah. a couple times in a row there. You might just want to mention that so that people don't start faxing, hey, you're cutting in and out. 
It's cutting in and, and out. Julio's here and he's running around and uh, he thinks it's weather related. What do you mean weather related? Oh, you mean on your end or something? How come it's always on your end? Because the, the weather here is beautiful, man. It's sunny. It's like uh, going to be 72. And right now it's like, uh, what is it? 18 at 64. It's a beautiful day here. Not a cloud in the sky, practically. So it's always on your end. See, I rest my case, folks. Sorry, so the first part of what you were saying got missed about the movie. Well, how long am I cutting out? For half a second. I see. Well, I, did, I never got to saying it anyway. So I came in midstream of this movie, and it was with Warren Beatty, who ordinarily... I never liked Warren Beatty until Bugsy, because he was in a lot of stupid movies like Shampoo and Heaven Can Wait, and a lot of crap. And I always thought, ah, Warren Beatty is a waste of everybody's time. He blows, even if he does have a gigantic penis. And to make a long story short, I saw Bugsy, and I saw it about two or three times, and he was great in that movie. And then I see this movie over the uh, last week in Amsterdam on my satellite dish, which I now get 1,800 channels. And it was great. It was funny as hell where he played this wacky senator who became kind of like a hip-hopping senator and uh, kind of like a Howard Beale of the U.S. Senate. And then, of course, in the end, I don't want to spoil the end for you, Halle Berry was in it and uh, Jack Warden, which mm -hmm. we were just talking about him from um, And Justice for All. But I don't know the name of the movie. I think. I'm not sure. It's called The Candidate or something like that? No. Well, the Candidate was with Robert Redford. Oh, sorry. So the answer is... No. But you saw this movie. You said it I was saw okay. It. it was okay. Well, what are these numbers? Oh, you were talking about uh, the numbers and how close they are to us, party? Oh. So I just refaxed that. I see. Well, what the hell is this? Uh, oh, they weren't even in second place. No. I see. Well, I, But that big thing is all Howard's 9 to 10 hour. But anyway, we had a 10-3, and the big had a 6-3, and PYM at a 6-point. Oh! So I guess they weren't that close after all, so nope. have no fear. But we're going to be losing that gigantic January. I'm just telling you right now to brace yourself. Just uh, strap yourself in. Okay, here's George's pool. God, i got so damn much stuff to get to today, and I'm never going to get to it. I feel like Rick Riley almost, although I actually have a stack of stuff instead of just making one up pretending I have one. Which celebrity would you like to most see in a reality show like the Osbournes, George asked yesterday? Now, whose idea for the poll was that, yours or uh, Joe's? Mine. Oh. I was going to blame Joe for it. No, sorry, me. Oh, that's right, you do bad poll. Anyway, right. Mike Tyson, 88. Now, why would we want to see Mike Tyson in a reality show? Because he might hit somebody, and uh, people like that. That's the I justification. Hmm. Uh, in fact, well, maybe he can have a show on MTV just called Asshole. You know, if MTV wants to be cutting edge, why do they have to have a show called Jackass? Why not have a show called Asshole? Don't you think that would be like a little bit more cutting edge? Excellent. I would host it. I think that would be sensational. You and Greg could host it. Mike Tyson, 88. Bill Clinton and Brittany are tied 45. Now, see, it's got nothing to do with reality. Oh, and i got a bad Brittany story. You're going to be very upset. Oh, are you going to be pissed off? All right. You're going to be, but I'll save it. Bill Clinton and uh, Brittany, 45. Barbara and Jenna Bush, 44. Eh? I'm Daryl Strawberry, 33. Michael Jackson and Jack Nicholson, 22. Angelina Jolie, 17. Charlie Sheen, 15. Robert Downey Jr., 13. Charles Barkley, 11. Ted Kennedy, 10. <laughs> Eminem, 8. Well, he makes my skin crawl, you know. I just, I just don't like him. In fact, I'm not sure who I like less, him or Steve from those damn um, Dell commercials. Harris and Nikki Hilton, 7. Mr. T and Tara Reid, 6. Jerry Seinfeld and Marlon Brando, 5. Mickey Rourke and Tom Welling, each with a pair. And Gary Coleman with one. Where, why did, where did Gary Coleman come from? Uh, somebody wanted to see Gary Coleman in a reality show. Well, they can watch around. Passions and see little Timmy on there. And Norma, by the way, is out. Crazy Norma, who's now uh, a.k.a. Uh, whatever her name is in a restaurant, but it's Norma with a hatchet. 
That show is too much. It's a trip. In fact, I saw the character that plays, the actor that plays, or actress, whatever that thing is, we don't even know what it is, that plays Norma on Passions in a movie when I was also in Amsterdam. Saw it the same night that I saw whatever that movie with Warren Beatty. Anybody called yet about that? I see the lines are ringing off the hook, but Robert probably don't want to talk to them. Just talk to them long enough to get the name of that movie, please. Well, he's on the phone talking to somebody else. Can't be bothered right now. I see. I'm sure it has to do with our technical uh, issue. Well, how bad? How bad? I did just find out what the movie was called. Oh. If you wanted to know. Yes. Bullworth? That's it. That was his name, Senator Bullworth. Very good. See, you're picking on Robert, and he was just on there getting the name of the movie. I'm not picking on Robert. I think Greg is right about you. You know, I think Mo may have a point, too. He's on there getting the information from one of our fine listeners out there. It's called Bullworth or Bullschmidt or something like that. It's a damn good movie. Do you see it, Robert? Yeah, it was pretty good. I love the rapping, though. Yeah. See, and George didn't like that uh, part. He that. thought that he was, Corny. I thought it was hysterical. I thought it was a panic. I thought it was one of the funniest guys. Them. In fact, I put him up there almost with Afro Man. Not quite, but almost. <laughs> That's how good he was. Although Afro Man's got better Schmidt. But at any rate. So there's George's poll from yesterday, which went over like a pregnant pole vaulter on a hot day in uh, South Florida, which could be any day. And you notice now, now since we had FBI gate, which we talked about months ago on this show, and then before we left, we talked about the Phoenix memo and all this other stuff. I mean, this is nothing brand new. We know that the government blew it. Let's, you know, let's cut right to the chase. This stuff came out, and they got egg on their puss. Now the vice president gets uh, wielded out there, and we got scuba divers going to attack. The Statue of Liberty is going to get blown up. The Brooklyn Bridge, golf courses, mahjong tournaments, uh, shuffleboard courts, any place else where you can find gatherings of people, especially old, they're going to be attacking any minute now. God, and I must admit, I'll even do it on the air, because I told you off the air that it is an acquired taste. And this will shock some of the people out there in Radio Land, but but a network that I started watching a lot this past uh, week and a half in Amsterdam was, and only because CNN International is so dry and so terminal and so boring. Oh, even regular CNN is enough to make you go into a coma. Maybe that's what's happening to Boog. Maybe out there in the road he accidentally got CNN in a hotel and started going into a coma and falling down. Fox News. Now, as long as you watch Fox News... First of all, it's not as right-wing as it used to be. I guess even Rupert Murdoch he couldn't keep that scam going. But setting aside any philosophy, and George put it very well, it's infotainment. There's some information on there, but it's strictly showbiz. And it's and if you look upon everybody on there, including Bill O'Reilly and that ridiculous Rita Cosby, have you ever seen that broad? No. She, she's the silliest-looking human being I've ever seen in my life. If you look upon each and every one of those people as a cartoon character, Who's that old, burnt-out news guy that they got on there? John Gibson? No, no, not, not that. Even older and more burnt-out. No, Britt Hume. Oh. Remember Britt Hume that was on yeah. NBC about 100 years ago? Who looks like his... He looks like, uh, what's his name, Ron uh, Diaz. Like a cigar store Indian on a bad day. So as long as you watch Fox News, keeping in mind that everything is like... Uh, everybody's a cartoon character, and it's all showbiz, and don't take any of it seriously, it's actually fairly entertaining. And then Bill O'Reilly, of course, was having a field day with that story about the kids at the prom and the dirty dancing. Did you talk about that? No. You didn't talk about that? I no did wonder. Not. Oh, my God. No wonder I've had all the complaints about that show you've been doing. I didn't really have any, but I just thought I'd say that. To stir the pot a little bit, okay? When you're in Amsterdam for a few days, you want to stir the pot a little bit. Did you? No. I don't, I don't smoke pot. <laughs> I know. I'm just busting your chops. Everybody now. else was, though. And everybody was having a great time. And I, I still am amazed by seeing all those groups of little kids. I'm talking like eight, nine, ten-year-old kids. They take them in groups. 
and they're walking through the streets, and they're looking at the sex shops and the gigantic, the swinging dildos that are going up and down in the air in the windows, and they're looking at it, and, and they may giggle a little bit here and on then, but it's, it's not a big deal. And they're walking past where the hookers are in the windows, and uh, it's not a big deal anymore. And what are we worried about in America at a time when the vice president's telling us we're under major red alert and we're going to have like uh, shuffleboard uh, courts are going to be invaded by uh, by crazy suicide bombers? We're worried about dirty dancing at high school proms. My favorite line during all of that business, and you did see the story, didn't you? No, not even. You didn't even see the story? You didn't? Oh. No, we heard about the thong checking. A, per, a pervert Outrage. like you. Nah, forget about that. There were several of these high schools, and I'd sure like to know what kind of schools they were, but at any rate, where the kids were like, uh, first of all, at a prom, generally they're dressed up formal. Right. They were dressed like a bunch of slobs with T-shirts and jeans and like, uh, you know, and the girls with barely anything on at all. So like I said, you'd liked it a lot. And the line they kept using was, if they didn't have clothes on, uh, you'd think that they'd be having sex. And, of course, the real line is, if they didn't have clothes on, they would be having sex. <laughs> yeah. Because the girls are like down on their knees and the guys are like huh, simulating, humping them. And in a, I say simulating. I mean, not really simulating. They're simulating and stimulating. They're doing it. And that's what we're worried about is dirty dancing. And Bill O'Reilly's on there pontificating about this and about lack of morality and what the hell's that, you know. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, here's Elvis going to swing his hips again. If we could just, just get him back to life for one minute and put him on Ed Solomon again, Elvis could swing his hips one time. We just won't see it on TV. Just uh, film him from the waist up, okay? This is the kind of crap America is obsessed with. Very sad. 928 at 560 WQM. If you're obsessed with getting yourself a good night's sleep, if you don't have a good mattress, it's not going to happen. I'll tell you that right now. Somebody who just recently went through some real back crap, thank the Lord. Thank you. Good. For most of the time, at least when I'm home, having a great mattress from Dial a Mattress. And you can do the same thing. Just call them at 1-800-MATTRESS for the top name brands in the universe. They got them all. They got Serta, Sealy, Simmons, and King Coil. No store in the universe, bedding or department or any other kind of store, can match their selection or their exceptionally low everyday prices. And they're not going to stick you with some mattress that you don't really want because they don't have the one you want in stock. They've got the deepest selection of brand name mattresses, so they'll have you bait and switch you into another mattress. The one you really want is in stock and available for just about immediate delivery as soon as a couple hours after you call or in any two-hour window that's convenient for you any day, seven days a week. Unlike the competitors, they allow you to choose the two-hour delivery, like I said, and they give you a 30-day in-home comfort trial, too, to test it out the real way by sleeping on it and doing your thing on it. So if you want to get a good night's sleep every night for years to come, do what I always do. Call the betting experts at Dial a Mattress, 1-800-MATTRESS. They'll be there in no time at all. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S, or check them out on that wicked World Wide Web. If Today, Ed Kaplan's Game Nights, weeknights at 10 on Sports Radio 560. QAM. Oh, my God, your breasts are beautiful. Hallie, let's talk about your childhood. Do you remember when you first bawled? <laughs> yeah, I think probably when I was in the third grade. And it was huh. with another kid at school. Uh, sex, yeah. When you were a little girl. I know. It was just my way. <laughs> uh, I have to discuss a very sad period in your life. Girl, don't do it. February of 2000, you were involved in what became a very famous automobile accident. A woman was hurt. Mm. You said you have no recollection of what happened. I did. I should point out that you were faking it. What do you mean you can't remember? <laughs> Is that true? Absolutely. Why? I'm a woman who really doesn't care. Uh, I'm a terrible person. Yes. 31 at 560 WQM. So Fat Boy fa faxes me this thing. 18 to 44 men about how uh, party radio actually beat us. They had a, um, what do they have? I think it's a tie. 
Well, but it's a tie eight two, but they had like a hundred more average persons per quarter hour, so they beat us by a fraction. Of, and that's eighteen to forty four. Do we care about eighteen to forty four? No, no. So they're going to beat us hands down. Now that we're going to lose that January, I'm telling you, just be prepared for it. Party radio, they're doing it. This is the same music that I brought in two years ago, and Kid Curry gave us a look and said, ah, you know, to hell with that. You know, thanks, but no thanks. Nobody wants to hear that crap. And now they're kicking his old, smelly ass and ripping him an ass on the ear all the time about what kind of a guy who's 70 years old calls himself Kid anyway, and what does he know about the music that young people want to hear today? And you know something? I think they got a point. He knows Anna Squeak's got a big ass, but other than that, what does he know about music? Anything? No. Nothing. And how's that group that they put together, by the way, at Power 96? Are they still around? No. You know that group of little ugly punks? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forget. George can't comment on some of this material because George is the perpetual professional scapegoat. I understand, by the way, that you talked about that the first day that you did the show. Talked about what? That whole story. About how you nearly got your ass canned and about how Greg uh, was anxious to get you out of there and about the whole deal with Mo and this I think and that. I touched on it very briefly during the first segment. It's not what I heard. Okay. Was that more misinformation from rumor? I didn't talk about it past 9.10, the very first day. Very sad. Very sad. Get a life, rumor, okay? Go out and play some golf in the rain. Do something useful. Turn off that radio, please. Did I mention this on the air about Natalie Portman or not? No. Oh. Well, I was wrong and you were right. See, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It was a, but how am I supposed to know? I didn't see the movie. I saw one picture there in the paper and she looked pretty, uh, pasty, pretty it nasty. It was a crappy picture. I saw But it. I saw the, uh, some clips from the movie while I was over there in Amsterdam, which that movie did open while I was there. Didn't go see it. And, uh, she's very cute. Not as cute as he is, yes. but she's cute. They're, they're both cute. They're a fine young couple that you'd like to see doing it naked and, uh, and dirty dancing at least. I can't believe you didn't see that story about the dirty dancing at the high school proms. I Jesus Christ, what kind of a... Oh, that's right, you're in Florida. Right. I guess i got to watch Fox News now. The, the, O'Reilly did a whole thing about oh. that, but it wasn't only just on Fox News. It was on CNN. You know, if you'd stop uh, watching that Scream TV all day... I wish. Yeah, you only wish you had that. Boy, that's a great channel. It's up here on our digital cable in Canada, eh? Don't have it down there. Oh, and before I go into the poll for today, which I'm sure Eric is all whipped up to a frenzy about that... God, we got the Chandra body. We got the Mike Piazza says, I'm not gay. Holds a press conference on the front page of the goddamn New York Post. The writer gets uh, canned because they wouldn't print his column. Which I have his column, by the way, which I'm going to read on the air, the one that the New York Post refused to print. You're gay. Yeah, Mike, people that hold a press conference do not say they're not gay, whether it's Michael Jackson, whether it's uh, Tom Selleck, whether it's Burt Reynolds. You're gay. That's my That's my opinion. Not that I really care. Although you notice those catchers always say spend a lot of time squatting, a lot of time on their knees too. Hey Mike, you're gay. Nobody really cares. Uh, what was I just going to do before the poll? I was so goddamn important. I don't know. I thought you were going to do the poll. No, I was not. I had something much more important than that, and all of a sudden I got myself sidetracked. This is what happens when you go on vacation. Oh, it was about you and a show that you didn't about uh, the first uh, few minutes. Yeah. And I thought we were done with that. <laughs> I'm just stalling for time. Oh, I forgot okay. whatever it was. It was something monumental. It was something of incredible, tremendous magnitude and importance. And it just oh, the, right thong, the the dirty dancing at the prom. Well, what, well, what else is there to say? I'm sure that everybody in our audience saw stories on the news about the big controversy. I looked on the internet. I couldn't find anything on it because it's old news now. But it was like just after I uh, left. 
And every newscast that I saw, there were stories, and they showed, of course, the video over and over again, which you'll be very pleased to know that if you want to go out and get this week's National Enquirer, which you're all, again, behind the times, the Columbine killers, there they are on the front page, and if you go to the inside, there are the death pictures, the real legitimate ones, for those of you who like blood and guts and gore. And who do they have to legitimize the fact that they decided to print this? And I do like the Enquirer ordinarily, but this is an extraordinarily bad taste. It's nothing more than guts and gore, and they happen to get the pictures, so they put them in there. Was P. Sheldon, chairman and founder of the Traditional Values Coalition, one of the ultimate right-wing lunatics of our time, Reverend Lewis Sheldon. He says, oh, it's a good idea because it's a deterrent to further school shootings, putting these pictures in the Inquirer. They are grotesque and disgusting, and they're so grotesque they don't even look real. It looks like something out of a Hollywood movie. Like one of those movies you'd see on Scare TV if you could get it. But uh, there it is, Columbine Killers, never before seen crime scene photos. We'll get to that later. But the dirty dancing thing was all over the place, like I said, and the fact that you people haven't seen it indicates that Florida is way, way behind in the times. I mean, the prom, don't you usually, when you think of a prom, you think of kids getting dressed up and the girls in real nice formal outfits and the guys in tuxedos. I'm not saying that that's necessary. That's the old-fashioned way that they did it. No, that's typical. But they still do it that way. You know, and the guy gives the girl a corsage, or in this case, gave his boyfriend a corsage at the one over, over here in the, by Toronto that we talked about. Yeah, that tweet. It was tweet, okay? There was nothing wrong with it. Although the church didn't like it too much because they, they want to keep all those altar boys for themselves. But at any rate, uh, you know, these kids are all dressed up like slobs. And the music that they were playing... Now, now, let me ask you this. What kind of music do you think that they're playing at most high school proms now? They're not playing waltzes. They're not playing, like, a soft... Well, I mean, they're, no, sure, they're, they're play playing some... dance stuff, like uh, like party radio, I would imagine. Like party radio. See, there we go again. That goddamn Mike Disney's got a hit, that son of a bitch. That crazy-ass mustachioed Disney has got a freaking hit over there with that party crap, which, believe me, he didn't invent it. He couldn't invent anything if his life depended on it. But here's a guy that took the formula once again, and we'll see how long that lasts. You know how long the big impact is? It's going to be just like Radio Smegma. You'll see. It's going to be very big for a few months, and it's going to be the in and the new and the hot thing, which I'm not saying a lot of that music isn't good, but the fact is that they're still way behind the times. Way behind the times. I've got hours of tapes that I could loan you, but I'm not going to do it, Disney. I could give it to Kid Curry. I could have brought all that music back from Europe. Could have goosed those numbers up by about 50%, but I'm not going to do it. because See, when you turn when you turn somebody down... What was that line in The Godfather? And Tom Hagen says, you know, well, when uh, if if my client is refused the first time, he doesn't ask his son. That, that's how they, when they're sitting there somewhere. eating the supper. What does he say? I don't know. I got to find it. He's eating supper with the what's his name with uh, Jack, Jack Waltz. And he says, my client never uh, asks a second favor when he's been refused. Mr. Corleone never asks for a second favor once he's refused the first. Understood. Now, where are you finding that? That's that fax, memorable quotes from The Godfather. I really? Saved yeah. Very good. I knew good. we'd need it again. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, here's our poll question for today. Boy, I'm sure wound up with stuff. Too bad it isn't going to last too many days like this. How's my good friend Tom Jicka doing? Too bad Tom doesn't write stories about trends. He's probably salivating, waiting to write a story about, oh, I told you, uh, Neil Rogers sitting there reading that stuff on the radio, and he's not carping about the South Florida scene. Let me just tell you this, little Tommy, including George and everybody else I've talked to down there, and i talked to plenty of people, some of whom even know what they're talking about, unlike my mother. There isn't a goddamn thing going on down there. Oh, yeah, they had the big Schwarzerfest on the beach over the weekend, and they only rested. I got that story here somewhere. We'll get to it, maybe. 
but they only had one stabbing, and considering there was that many Schwarzers in one place at the same time, they consider it to be a success. It was a hit. A big, fat-titted hit, like Tom Hagen said. Only he wasn't Tom Hagen in that movie. He was uh, Frank Hackett. Here's our poll for today. Are you keeping up with all of this? I am. Because I'm really going a mile a minute. I know that. Probably too fast for after a holiday there in South Florida. It's a good thing we're not taking any phone calls. Going way too fast for that crowd. Hey, you think the Yankees can win the pennant? Which of these phrases or expressions is the most redundant? You following this now, Eric? Get with it. Put down that goddamn breakfast burrito. Both of them. That sounds good, though. You know, breakfast burrito. What, what's in uh, that? Egg. Bacon and egg wrapped But you up could probably something. get it without the egg, though. I would hope so. Yeah. In fact, just a burrito. A burrito supreme from Taco Bell sounds pretty good. Burrito supreme with no beans. An extra mm. sour cream. Sounds really good. Stop with the food crap again. You're going to kill yourself, you maniac, you lunatic. Next thing you know, you'll be rushing out after the show to buy Nestle's turtle again. I will say this. I didn't see any Nestle's turtle in Amsterdam. No turtles? I saw a few heads stick out. Which of these phrases... I guess I better do the break first, then we'll get to the poll. Let Eric have some time to get his uh, pen and pencil going. I've got a few of them there. Phrases or expressions are the most redundant. You follow what I'm talking? I'll give you one, like one, silly Brit, B-R-I-T. Okay. Follow what these are going to be? Yes. Okay. Hey, speaking of silly people, I get this from my good close friend, Bob Eisenberg, just faxed me this copy just in time to tell you that Tom Lehman is at it again. It's Hallett's off-the-wall invoice sale. Stop by Hallett Pontiac GMC at 13401 South Dixie Highway. That's on US 1 across from the falls, where the lowest sale price is marked right there on the invoice on all 2002 cars and trucks in stock. Choose 1.9% financing or up to a $3,500 rebate, whichever you prefer. Check out the complete line of GMC SUVs, including the Envoy, voted by Motor Trend as the SUV of the year, plus the all-new Vibe SUV that's got the power of a sports car at just a fraction of the price. Hallett's also got an unbeatable selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and sport utility vehicles that you can depend on. Not a single fruit, at least not a lemon on the lot. If you've got credit problems, if somebody else has turned you down for credit trying to buy a car, have no fear because Hallett is here. They'll get your deal worked out. It's off-the-wall invoice sale, and it's going on right now at Hallett Pontiac GMC, and you'll find them in the same great location they've been doing people right for over 35 years at 13401 South Dixie Highway. That's on US 1 across from the falls, open every day, seven days a week. And by the way, Tom Lehman told me, just before I left on vacation, he said, if you think Eisenberg looks silly with a wig on, you ought to see him with a wig off. Hallett Pontiac GMC. Against the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> Game Coverage gets underway at 6.30 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. I wouldn't believe a word Neil said if his tongue was notarized. We now take you live to Mike Tyson's training camp where he prepares for his battle against Lennox Lewis at the Pyramid Arena, Memphis, Tennessee, June 8, 2002. All right, Nick, Slocky Marciano, come yeah. on up here. Yeah, Mickey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm ready. Slocky Marciano, I'll punch you. I'm ready, yeah, I'm, ready, right, for right, you, right, I'm ready for you, Mike. Are you ready to spar, Mike? Yeah, Mickey, I'm ready, I'm ready, man. Yeah, my flower partner. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, look, we're just having a little problem yeah, here. Yeah, he's I, on, Mike, I can take care of you. Yeah, 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 I love you. You love juicy, Slocky. Yeah, I, I love all your energy, kid. Yeah, Listen, who cares? got to stay. Stay away from him, all right? Just jab from far away. Hey, get in close against me, Schlocky. I'll no, show you. You don't want to get in close. I'm a fighter. I'm a fighter. I can take him. I can you take don't him. You don't understand. Bring it on. Yeah, I spar He's partner. been eating all his sparring partners. Here you go, Schlocky. I'm ready for the next one. Ooh, that's a good boxer. All right, Jack Rabbit Fisher, you're next. Bring him up. Bring him up. 944 WQAM. Did I mention that I'm out of the market? I should probably mention that. I told George that before the show. Out of the market. Let's hear it. All right. 
I just, uh, I've lost enough, you know, you just have to, somebody told me that last year, remember I got very pissed off right. at the caller and I got all bent out of shape, he said, just, you're not going to make the money back, just uh, get out now while the getting's good, Take a and loss. I really didn't lose any more than that, but I've lost uh, enough to uh, make you cry, and based on the, uh, first of all, the fraud with the Merrill Lynch, which is just the tip of the iceberg, based on the fact that everybody's crapping in their pants waiting for the next uh, uh, terrorist attack, if there is one, or for like uh, maybe nuclear war between India and Pakistan, or whatever else is going on. It's all too fragile, man. It's all built on a deck of cards. It's all being manipulated by a bunch of greedy insiders. And the average Joe out there, unlike what it used to be years ago, you haven't got a Chinaman's chance unless it's just blind luck. I was thinking before the show today, speaking of that uh, Stephen uh, schmuck with the Dell spots, Remember all those spots we had there when the big uh, internet bubble was building, and oh, we yeah. had we had all those uh, spots for Ameritrade and all Pets. the other uh, and all yeah, those. Air, and horsecrap.com and and phonybaloney.com and every other time you turn around, here was another 80 million of those spots, and Clinton was doing a thing with that guy from uh, Hey, you're riding the way of the future, uh, all that other crap. Well, you don't see any of that anymore, probably because most of the day traders have committed suicide by now. Pretty hard to find those gay traders out today that. So I'm out of the market. Oh! And you know something? If it goes through the roof, you can thank me, cause that's, that's the story of my life. But I don't really care. Just like the guy said in Cuckoo's Nest, I want my cigarettes, I want my money. If I get 1%, if I get a half of 1%, if I get nothing, if it's just there when I need it someday, like soon. That, that's all I care about. I just don't want to give a fritter any more of it away. I'll say it again. The stock market is Las Vegas without the good time. That's all it is. It's for suckers. It's for fools. It's a shell game. It's a con game. It's a scam. And like I said, if you thought that the uh, the uh, thing with the Merrill Lynch was a big deal, you ain't seen nothing yet. That was just the tip of the iceberg. Speaking of tips, this is why I keep interrupting, because I wanted to be sure and tell the story. And I and luckily, I wrote notes. French toilets. Okay. Now, now you're not going to, uh, you know what I'm going to talk about? No. My landlord told me this, and his uh, live-in lady, his I keep calling her his wife. She's not his wife. But anyway, she's a very nice person. They told me this story about French toilets, and I didn't want to believe them, but they were so emphatic and so uh, detailed in their description. And that is that many, including even in some of the cheaper French hotels, a French toilet is in a public place, including some of the cheaper restaurants, I guess, too, like a, a square ceramic thing with a hole in the floor, a round hole. Okay. You following this now? No. You've heard of that expression, squatter's rights? <coughs> All right. Well, that's what you have to do. You have to squat over the hole, hoping that you don't slip and fall, of course. In other words. Then and then, of course, even the paper goes right in the <coughs> hole. And then when you're done, there's like in many of these establishments, there's a big bucket of water. Are you? I don't know whose job it is to keep the buckets filled, but anyway, you take the bucket of water and you you sploosh it down into the hole and you sploosh it all away, and that's a French toilet. You're kidding me. Now, I'm, I'm not talking. I'm not, I'm not talking about like in a French home. I'm not saying that they don't have like your regular European toilets with the uh, chain or whatever you use, you know. But in many establishments, including even some like cheaper French hotels. You'll find, if you're looking for the uh, porcelain bus, forget about it. You'll find the old hole in the ground. You've heard of the hole in the wall. So it's or the old a hole in the floor with a splash guard? Right. <laughs> <laughs> the old glory hole in the floor. Unbelievable. Okay, here's our poll question for today. Which of these phrases or expressions is the most redundant? Schwarzer crack addict. Am I going to have to spell Schwarzer? Yeah, he'll... 
He'll win. No, he won't. S H V A R Z E R. I want it spelled the way. Although probably there should be a T in there too, shouldn't it? Isn't it S C H? No, there's no C in Schwarzer. Would you get with it? There isn't Schwartz. Where does where does the C come from in Schwartz? I don't know. S H V A R T. Listen, we spell the words the way I make them up on this show. Okay. S H V A R Z E R. There probably should be a T, but just I don't like that. Schwartz are crack addict, silly Brit B R I T, dumb redneck, Jew hating Arab, hysterical old Julio, religious fanatic. Pedophile priest, cheap French Canadian, rude Dutchman. Oh, boy, they are rude, man. They are just. But you know something? I'm 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 getting them with their own game now. When I get off the tram, I just elbow them out of the way. Uh, pardon, excuse me, and just you just uh, that's just the way you survive. There, they're rude, baby. And here's a good one: a boring baseball game. You left your own group out. Now what is that? Cheap Jew. I mean, there we go again. Don't we have cheap somebody else on here? Cheap French Canadians. French oh, Canadians got the oh. Jews beat, okay? And I, plus, I'm not that's a cheap true. Jew. I know you're not. Well, so that that, that's my point. Look, we already got. You want to pick on the Jews here? That's because no, I don't want to pick on the, the Jews. You got everybody else on there. You could have Arab hating Jew. Jew hating Arab. Arab nah, Arab hating Jew is no fun. I was I was going along on such a rule here until all of a sudden you wanted to get your anti-Semitism involved in this pool. You got your anti Let him have it there, uh, Robert. Stick it to him, Robert. Hit him with a couple of stale matzo balls, baby. Professional Jew. Freaking the spick. Which of these phrases or expressions is the most redundant? Schwarzer crack addict. I'm doing my list, okay? I saw what you do for polls on that thing yesterday, okay, with Gary Coleman. That was enough for me with your idea of hey, pool. They, they wanted it. Believe me, I do good pool. Trust me, that's what everybody told me in Amsterdam. I'm coming back for more. You worry about smoking your pot, I'll worry about my pool. Which of these phrases or expressions is the most redundant? Schwartz or crack addict? Now, is that a racist thing? Am I going to be accused of racism by putting yes, that on? Yes, you're here? a bigot. Good. We all know it. We don't okay. care. Silly Brit, dumb redneck, Jew-hating Arab, hysterical old Julio. Well, see, I'd like to put one for, like, the old Jews, but cheap isn't the word. Uh, is, do we want cheap old Jews? Sure. Okay. I mean, in South Florida, that certainly goes with the territory. Cheap old Jews, religious fanatic, pedophile priest, cheap French Canadian, rude Dutchman, which won't get too many because we don't have too many people understand from, like, what that's all about, or a boring baseball game, which I think probably deserves a few votes because that seems to me to be redundant. I think I'm going to vote for that. <laughs> oh. Don't forget you got the South Florida baseball team against the Reds, baby, oh! coming up tonight. In fact, now that I mention that, what's that schedule? I'm glad you asked. We got the Mad Dog at one. We got Hank at three. Everybody's back uh, in uh, order there. I noticed that Mo gave us a nice little plug there this morning. Everything is fine now with Mo. Everything. Did you straighten that all out while I was gone? Straighten what out? The problem that you created there with me and my good friend Mo, good Jewish boy from New York. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh. Well, I think you just said something about cheap Jew. Mad Dog at 1, Hank at 3. We got the uh, pregame show at 6.30. Your South Florida baseball team against the Reds. The baseball team that was like, was it 5-9 and nine on a 14-game road trip? Is that correct, Robert? <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, what are you laughing about? <laughs> the look on his face. Why? You're forcing him to care and remember and whatever else. What do you mean by it? that? He's, he's a sports. He, he uh, still works that morning show until, uh, when are you leaving, Robert? Um, August. Oh, not till August. I'll have plenty of time to get your life screwed up. Robert's bailing out. Let's hear it for Robert. Oh! He's bailing out of that toilet. 
Anybody who leaves that place, we, we send them our best wishes and congratulations. Uh, Eddie K. after the baseball game. And then Joe and Mark overnight. Thanks again to Joe Costello for uh, filling in there with George while I was gone. I'm sure he really improved the quality of that show tremendously. Or not as the case may be. I don't know. How did it go? Just fine. Wonder Bar. Yeah. Well, let's hear saying that. I mean, let's hear from the audience. What do you say, folks? How'd it go? Five, six, seven. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Do you think I'm out of my mind? I, I got. I have. It's almost the end of the first hour. I haven't even got to one of my stories here yet. Unless you count the dirty dancing thing as one of the stories. I can't find a story about that because it's too dated now. It's several days old. Damn it. I wish I wish you. I want to see the video. And believe me, you'd wish you'd have seen those too, because uh, there was some really (laughs) heavy duty stuff going on in there. Heavy, heavy duty. Call up Bill O'Reilly. He's our good pal. Those of you who hate Bill O'Reilly like I used to, and and the reason that he won't do a damn thing with this radio show he's doing against Rush, the reason he won't do it is because he's not a real believer. He's strictly showbiz. Mm Mm-hmm. And all of this stuff that he says, you know he doesn't really believe it. He just says it to be outrageous, and he acts indignant, and how can you really be saying that? He doesn't believe it, and it's all strictly showbiz. Whereas with Rush, he's an ideologue, man. He believes it, or at least his ditto heads, the people who listen to Rush, they believe that he believes. They believe that he, and I'm sure he does. He believes his own bullcrap, just like the stories about Hillary killed this one and Bubba killed that one. All of the Bubba Mices that he was passing along there for a couple of years until he couldn't hear it anymore. But the ditto heads, see, they figure they got a real believer. As with O'Reilly, it's just uh, it's showbiz, it's stick. He's going to be like a flash in a pan, you'll see. He's not a true believer. Like a Pat Buchanan, for example. No. There's a real Nazi for you. G. Gordon Liddy, my close personal friend. There's a real uh, fascist, well, a mouse-eating, rat-eating fascist with a mustache to prove it. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. Now, how come, how come it is that we got back and forth now... I mean, like, I can hear everything that you're saying, unlike the right. problems we had in previous weeks, and like you just dropped that uh, drum roll in there. Everything sounds like we're in the same room together, and you're telling me we're having technical dropouts and stuff? You're, you're dropping out, but you know what? I'm not sensing any kind of a delay today between us. Right. Which is unusual. Well, I, I'd rather good. have the little dropout as long as you tell me hey. it doesn't amount to too much. I'd rather have it, like, on a simultaneous like this. And you're right, we don't have the delay. So if, if that's the trade-off that we have to decide, well, and of course, I can't tell the dropout because I'm not hearing it. I'm only right. based on what we, you're We all me. are, yeah. And? And we'll miss a word or a syllable here and there. Well, like how often? Uh, every three to five minutes. Oh, I thought you were going to say every three to five words. <laughs> <laughs> well, Although that would case, be something. Hey, listen, they should kiss the ground. In fact, the very ground that I was sitting on the floor here while poor Julio was sweating over our goddamn hot uh, cell phone yesterday. And he, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't want, I'm not looking for sympathy, but believe me, if you could have seen the gyra- the, uh, whatever I went, gyrations on the floor, spinning around like a dreidel in front of this damn thing. And what the hell do I know about this? It's a good thing I have a little bit of technical, uh, something or other, you know? Because I had to go through a big song and dance and recalibrating this and recalibrating that and punching this button and punching that one and back and forth and up the whole deal. And here we are. And based on what I'm hearing, it sounds sensational. Sounds fine. Yeah, my, uh, this is the way it should sound. I don't care about the dropout. If they can correct that, that would be a nice bonus. In other words, if it sounds perfect. But this sure as hell beats that delay problem we had before. Oh, that was driving me crazy. See, I think now that we like recalibrated both on both of our ends, whatever the frequency is that we're... And, and I know nothing about this stuff about on the phone line. I think now that we did that, we're like on the same wavelength. I love it. Well, I don't want to be on the same wavelength with you, but nevertheless, uh, I'll try to go out and find some Jews during lunch hour. 
9.50, I'll go out to the uh, pickle barrel of the deli and see if I can throw some steel matzo balls at the help. Of course, most of them are from um, India anyway. Boy, there sure are a lot of people from India here, you know that? So you've told us. Don't tell the packies that. 9.57 at 5.60, WQM, when you shop for quality footwear, selection and professional service are always an important consideration. But the most important thing, the bottom line to most shoppers out there, is price, which is why you ought to be heading immediately, if not sooner, to Brandy's Shoes. At Brandy's, you'll find the biggest selection of men's and women's shoes, the best service in town, and the best prices under the sun, period. And we're talking about not some uh, second kind of uh, names, but we're talking about the top quality names in a business like Rockport, SAS, Sperry's, Timberland, Naturalizer, and lots more. And with a huge selection at Brandy's, chances are you're never going to hear any of the sales holes say, sorry, we don't have that style in your size. In fact, Brandy's is so popular, their customers keep coming back again and again and keep buying several pair in each visit. Brandy's is open daily 9 to 9, Sundays 10 till 5, and you'll find Brandy's at 1290 North Federal Highway in Pompano Beach. Be sure and tell them that Neil sent you by. And don't forget this week, SAS shoes are on sale at Brandy's. Save 15 to $35 and take another $5 off on the second pair only this week. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. See store display for official rules and entry form. The Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. This is Joe Ball and the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs. They don't come any better than Neil Rogers. Put a retarded girl in our all-new Mitsubishi to show you how well it drives. <laughs> our agency thought this would move some product out of the showroom. Look at her go. This is funnier than watching retards at the park. If someone that severely retarded can have that much fun in a new She's not retarded. Huh? She's having a epileptic fit. It's uh, 10 o'clock at 560 WQM. I just was just about to reach back here on his fax machine. And? and see what this is. Is this important? No. Welcome back. You should have stayed out another week. The newspaper is wrong. They're covering up a lot of what happened. I worked that festival. There were two stabbings, a slugfest between six black females against one, and only two got arrested. There were over 100 arrests in a near riot. If it weren't for the show forced by the Miami Beach stormtroopers, there would have been a riot, not to mention all the businesses that lost huge amounts of money by shoplifters and looters, although it was better than last year, but not by much. Thanks, Rick. Sorry, Rick. Sorry you had to put up with that crap, okay? See, I don't, I don't want to start in with this racial thing, but why is it that when, you, if there were like a whole bunch of white people got together there, nobody would have said, oh, gee, it went a lot better than it did last year. It's kind of like an expectation that we set up. It's part of what racist America is all about. You set up the expectation that if you have a whole bunch of black folks in a very small area, uh, in a restricted area in a short period of time, that uh, there are going to be X number of people get stabbed, maybe a couple get shot, and uh, a couple hundred get arrested. In fact, where the hell is my story on that? I might as well, might as well get it out of the way if I can find it. Oh, Rosie looks at Lisa in dim light. Liza, did you see that? No. Well... You know something, okay. that's the best way to look at Liza Minnelli in very dim light. I thought she was a professional fag hag, Liza. Well, they have a little problem, a little falling uh -oh. out. Maybe we'll get to that. You know something, maybe we'll get to all these stories tomorrow, the way this show is going. Because i got so damn much stuff. I've got a piece of bad news, by the way. Okay. Uh, I guess somebody faxed this to you, this thing about Beria Watson? I, I guess, I don't remember. From 7th Heaven? Oh, yes, yes. Barry Watson, former star of Warner Brothers' hit show Seventh Heaven, has been diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease. The 28-year-old actor played the eldest son, Matt Camden, on the series. 
He begins treatment this week, and both he and his doctors are extremely optimistic about a full recovery. Watson's publicist Robin Baum said in a statement on Wednesday of last week, no other details were released about his condition or where he'd received treatment for cancer of the lymph system. The season finale, Watson's last appearance as a regular on 7th Heaven, aired on Monday. The episode centered on his character marrying his sweetheart, Sarah, played by Sarah Danielle Madison. An official with Spelling Television, which produces the show, said a decision as to whether Watson will return for guest appearances next season has not been made. Watson's been a regular on the show since it began in 1996. He also appeared in a handful of films, most re- recently, Sorority Boys. A little piece of bad news. Although, you know, I guess, uh, isn't that the same that Mario had, Hodgkin's disease, Robert? He's thinking. Uh, yes, it is. And he's fine. And by the way, the reason that Mario quit the game is exactly the same reason that the game sucks right now, Gary Bettman, you stupid little Jew, you pathetic little thing. Nice going there, Ron McClain, ripping Gary Bettman an ass a couple weeks ago on one of the games on Hockey Night in Canada. Nice going there, Ronnie. Oh! Rip that little idiot an ass. All the clutching and the grabbing and the holding. and the, I mean, what the hell's the point of even playing the game when 95% of the game is played against the boards and there's no action going on there? And I just mentioned this in passing, if Peter Fordsburg wouldn't have come back. After missing the whole season injured, you think Colorado would still be going? No. Much less have a 3-2 to two lead in that uh, series? Unbelievable. On the verge of knocking off the Red Wings. At any rate, hip-hop event ends in harmony. Now, it's interesting because the article that I looked up yesterday in the Herald uh, had a totally different tone to it, emphasizing more the number of arrests. But the article in the Sun Sentinel this morning, since we want to be more timely, says hip-hop event ends in harmony. Everybody be loving each other, baby. We be loving it. It says, what a difference having a plan makes. A year ago, Miami Beach officials were so unprepared for the quarter million hip-hop fans who poured into South Beach over the Memorial Day weekend that the police were overwhelmed and the city was forced to rewrite its book on handling big events. Now that the holiday weekend has come and gone on South Beach, city officials and civic leaders say the second hip-hop invasion was an unqualified success. All right. Let's do it again. All right. Next weekend. All right. And the weekend after that. All right. And six weeks from uh, Shavuos. All right. The large crowds were back, but in contrast to last year, the three-day party was an enjoyable and relaxed affair. There's no comparison, said Bobby Hernandez, spokesman for Miami Beach Police. It was an absolute great experience to be able to go out there this weekend and talk to people and see what a great time they were having as opposed to last year when it was about crowd control. The proof is in the numbers, it says. Who wrote this crap? David Cazares. I never saw that in my life. It's C-A-Z-A-R-E-S, and the, the acento is over the first A. You said it right. Cazares. Well, I know that's why I said it that way, because it's got the acento. What kind of a strange name is that? I don't know. I've never heard that before. Like maybe Peruvian or something like that? Could be. I think it's a Peruvian is what it seems like to me. And what do we know about those Peruvians? Not too much, uh, except they like their lima beans. And they have hairy toes. Yeah. Bad, like that kid that worked at Whammy. Anybody remember Whammy? No. Good. We're, We're ecstatic. I shouldn't probably be talking about it out loud. According to Hernandez, Miami Beach police made 94 arrests from Thursday through Monday afternoon, down from 149 during the same period last year. Let's hear it. Only 94. Although the total number of arrests won't be available until sometime later today, chances are good the final tally will be fewer than the 199 arrests police made last year in total. In most cases, the arrests this year will be far less serious offenses last year when there were tense confrontations between revelers and police, Hernandez said. Last year, since we were so short-staffed, we couldn't enforce the minor offenses like loud music, he said. If you've got 40 guys fighting in the middle of Washington Avenue, you're not going to arrest somebody for smoking marijuana. You had to look the other way. But this year, we had enough officers to address those issues. Oh, and by the way, didn't I have it on the air or did I read it on the plane about the fact that the U.S. is cracking down there? They're threatening Canada with sanctions if they decriminalize pot? 
You were talking about it on the air right before you left, yes. How do you like that for a son of a bitch? This country not only continues with their repressive, our archaic, idiotic, draconian laws, their drug laws, but they're also trying to put the uh, muscle. And, and while I was in uh, Amsterdam, you'd be pleased to know that the uh, big, big articles in all the uh, London papers... All the British papers about the fact that they're like, uh, they're just looking the other way. They're not even wasting their time writing the tickets out anymore. They're just uh, ignoring it. You can't put everybody in jail, okay, Uncle Sam? Right here on the heels of Memorial Day when we're supposed to be so patriotic and waving a flag about freedoms and all the people who died to keep our freedoms. What freaking freedoms? That's what we're asking, okay? Exactly. Kill that crap. What freedoms? Freedom to go to jail is what they're talking about for smoking a little goddamn wacky weed because the city implemented a major events plan that put 400 police... You know something? I'm in the mood for turtle ice cream, you know? Stop. I, it just it just hit me right in the middle of talking about that. See, you don't have to smoke it to get the munchies from it. Just thinking about it. It's bad stuff, kids. Just talking about that wicked weed will make you get the munchies and you'll go run into the convenience store and buy all kinds of crap. You'll buy a bunch of, bunches of uh, Ben & Jerry's fish food. And you'll be putting it in the microwave for like 34 seconds and getting it tempered to just the right consistency and sucking it down. And your blood sugar will go skyrocketing, and then someday you're going to die. In fact, I want to go on the air right here today, first day after vacation and after the holiday. I want to be on the air, the first one to tell you, beyond a shadow of a doubt, it's guaranteed. I conducted my own personal scientific study, and if you eat Ben & Jerry's ice cream, you will die someday. Guaranteed? Guaranteed. Depend on it. Like Mike Disney used to say, depend on Boy, am I pissed off about that party radio thing. Boy, they're going to kick our ass tomorrow, you know what? And you know hard. something? We deserve it. We deserve it. Greg Reed deserves to get his ass kicked with all the screwing around that's gone on since way back in October when he started with that first team crap. You know, when you drop a goddamn egg from an 80th story building, how about that? those people that dropped that dog? Did you see that story? Yeah. I got that story. I hope Make I don't have hell. time to get to it. People like that need to be shot. No questions asked. Just blow them away. Dig a hole in the ground or not, as the case may be. The weekend largely went smoothly because the city implemented a major events plan that put 400 police officers from Miami Beach and Dade County on the streets. Goodwill ambassadors made up about 200 Dade County and City of Miami Beach employees patrolled the beach to give directions, help the intoxicated, and chew people out of the streets. <laughs> the city also made sure code enforcement, parking, and sanitation personnel were out in force to make sure the city didn't look like a mess by weekend's end as it did last year when the city was completely trashed. Hernandez said those efforts won high marks from business officials and residents, and George says thank God there was no Ricans there. Yeah, there were. <clears throat> oh, were there? Sure. That, that's why I said that. Now, what is it about Puerto Ricans and blacks? There seems to be this, like, especially in New York, for example, in the Bronx, I guess because they live, like, in close proximity. Yeah. Now, what? is that because they won't let the uh, Puerto Ricans into Harlem, or what is that? Well, what's the question? It was very subdued and well handled by the city, said David Kelsey, president of the South Beach Hotel. I can't believe how good this sounds today. That we're like actually doing a show. You In mean, real let's time. Let's see. March, April, and most of May, we've gone through three months of my not able to be in here in UK and saying, what? What is it? What? And today it's like just like I'm sitting right there like it's supposed to be, God damn it. No talking all over each other. Thank God for Julio, man. Thank God for fat Julio getting this all, all right. straightened out yesterday. Right yeah. on cue. He comes right into the door. Look at that. Like you summoned him up. Because my psychic powers, just like I mentioned about the Norma being on. And then yesterday I turn on uh, Passions. And here's Norma back again after a long hiatus in the nuthouse in Bellevue. And Norma cracked, uh, broke out. In fact, if you look at that complexion, you'll see she broke out real bad. Anyway, that's a story on the South Beach. They had a whole bunch of Schwarzes there, and they didn't kill anybody, and there were only a couple of stabbings, maybe one, whatever you want to believe, and it wasn't all that bad. And Rick on the beach is pissed off. I know when they have that uh, awful festival here in Toronto, and I think it's coming up in June. Oh, I hope not. I hope not. I hope it's July. 
Anybody, any of my Canadian listeners who know when at the uh, Rasta Festival, what do they call that thing? The uh, Carabana. Anybody knows the date for that? Please fax it to me immediately, if not sooner, so I can make plans not to be here that weekend. Oh, I think it's in June. Rhymes with tune. What a mess that is. What a... And it's the same thing. They compare how many people got shot from last year to how many people got shot this year. It's unacceptable. And the behavior that goes on, oh, my God. I, I just, I'm not buying it. See, I just don't accept that. The idea that because you're a different skin color or a different ethnic background, that that entitles you to behave in some kind of a an aberrant, grotesque way. I'm, I'm just not buying it. It's unacceptable. Is that a debatable point? I don't no. think so. No. No, thank you for agreeing with me. Let's get back to the thing about French toilets. <laughs> I can't get over that. Medical examiner may rule today in the Levy case. Here it is. It's already we're coming up on the first break in our second hour. We haven't even talked about Chandra yet. And to prove to you, let's see, I wonder what the name of that thing is. Just a minute. Oh, here it is. Just to prove to you that not everything is uh, as bad as it seems. And now an update on the Chandra Levy story. See, now you probably think that that bit is obsolete. Of course not. But if you stop it there and you say, they found the body, but what do they, what do they know about it? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. See? More they on know. this later. <laughs> I saw in there, Neil. Let's hear it. He hasn't lost the touch, the old man. How do you like that? As long as he's got that goddamn pause button. Don't let me forget about the Chandra Levy thing. It's a brief story. Okay. And then we'll get to the bad story. Oh, and then the one about the, the Bushmaster. Robert will have to hide under the board when I get to that one. I sniff some politics with that crazed look on his face. Hey, I hate to break the news to you, Robert, but there's one word for our president. You know what that word is? I think you've got it in there somewhere, George. Yeah. Begins with an S. Shit. No. No. <laughs> no see, that's terrible. That's so wrong. Stupid is what I was thinking of. Oh. Now, see, you didn't say that was wrong. That is. What? Wrong. Are you going to start arguing politics now? You're, you still got to be there till August, Robert. Stupid. <laughs> You know something? I kind of like that Mo, you know? I think the Mo I hear him, I think absence makes the heart grow fonder. He'll be all right. It took him a while to get used to the lay of the land. He, he, it seemed to me, I could be wrong, but it seems that he's like warming up a little bit again. Maybe it's because you were in there working, uh, you know, maybe he was listening to your show. But I doubt it. I doubt it. Twelve. Oh, look at this. The congressman's modus operandi for the past year is to not talk to the press, to avoid cameras, and to issue statements asserting sympathy through his spokesman and attorneys. It's what he did last week. Oh, and look at that. The market just took a big dump. It was up. Uh, the, the futures were way up there. What did I tell you? NASDAQ's already down 15. The S&P, underlying the poor part, is down a few points. It's not good, baby. It's not good. Put it under your mattress. Do anything with it. Stick it under a rock. Whatever money you got, protect yourself. Don't get sucked into this goddamn con game. Don't let that Marita Bar uh, uh, Butter Romo get you sucked into buying a bunch of crap. Because that's what they're crap peddlers. Each and every one of those people. Ten thirteen already at five sixty WQM. Thinking of painting your home or business? Don't paint. Protect your investment with liquid ceramic. Liquid Ceramic, the technology born in NASA's space program, is available right now in South Florida. Liquid Ceramic is the most advanced exterior, interior, and roof coating available. You, too, can have the same high-tech ceramic technology that shields the space shuttle, protecting your home or building, and you'll never, ever have to paint again. You heard right. Liquid Ceramic is guaranteed for as long as you own your home or building. So forget about repainting every few years. Liquid Ceramic won't fade. It won't peel. It's guaranteed. The state-of-the-art coating yields an R24 insulation equivalency, helping you bring down those electric bills as well. 
Liquid Ceramics available in over 1,800 different colors. So check out Liquid Ceramic today by calling 305-347-5122. Liquid Ceramics has been manufactured and sold for over 40 years and is available right here in South Florida. Call 305-347-5122. That's 305-347-5122 or visit them on the net at liquidceramic.tv. And be sure and tell them that Uncle Neil told you to call or QAM. Yank it, baby! From an early age, John Edward displayed remarkable psychic abilities. He can reunite people in the physical world with those who have crossed over. Hi, welcome to Crossing Over. I'm John Edward. John Edward connects with a woman who really speaks her mind. I'm ready to begin. Is there Stacy or Stevie? What is this? No. There's a Bill connection also to the family. Nope. Or Billy, or there's like a B name like Bill. Uh uh. Okay. And Paulie, or Paula, or. Pilar, there's like a PL sound. No. Um, is there like a J-O connection or like a like a name that would be like Joni or Janie or? Nope. That means there's a BR connection in your family also. Uh-uh. What's your first name? Mary. Say it again. My name's Mary. Do you have a different name? You're full of crap. Is your mom not your mom? No idea what you're talking about. Do you understand this? I am an idiot. I'm John Edward. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. Of course, I 1018 at 560 WQM. Happy Tuesday to you. Man, it's beautiful here. God, looking out this window, it's like uh, just waiting to go to heaven. What about those Leafs? You think they're going to win tonight? No. What does Robert think? No. <laughs> how come I already knew that? Well, how do you know that? Based on what? Uh, go Archie and Weeksy. Based on the fact that they've scored five goals in five games in this series, but the fact of the matter is, in spite of that, they're still in there. That's the amazing part. We got the big cigar chopping fat coach back in there tonight, which probably isn't all that good. Get the lineup right, Pat. Get the lineup right. That'd be a good start. I love Pat Quinn, but he's a little bit, you know, when he got that high blood sugar that's up to around seven, eight hundred all the time. By the way, we are willing to take some spy reports about the last uh, seven or eight. Now, how many has it been? Seven shows. Seven. That Joe and George did. And, of course, we're not going to take them on the phone because that would require taking calls, which would be cruel and unusual punishment. And even a bush licker like uh, Robert doesn't deserve that. So if you want to fax this, and believe me, see, a lot of people probably are holding back whatever they want to say because they figure that George will intercept their fax and he won't send it to me. George will send any and all faxes about the uh, the show to last week to right here or else. And no, Robert's watching with do. an eagle eye. What? I always do. No, you don't. I always send the faxes that rip me. I do all the time. Oh. Well, how do I know that? It's a stack. <laughs> So if you want to send us the facts about how the show was, see, the only problem being, like, look at the poll. See, I can always, always tell because it takes about a week to get the audience back. I shouldn't probably say that, but it's true. Which of these phrases or expressions is the most redundant? Cheap old Jew, I told you that had to be on there, is leading with nine. But, of course, the reason that's because George was just doing the show last week. See what I'm saying, Robert? Uh-huh. All the anti-Semites are listening. For example, Jew-hating Arab, there's only one. Well, what do you expect? When you got nothing but Palestinians left listening now, what do you expect on there out of 43 votes? Cheap old Jew, 9. Pedophile priest, 8. Religious fanatic, 7. Dumb redneck, that was my vote, 6. Boring baseball game, 5. Cheap French Canadians, 4. A hysterical old Julio, 3. Jew-hating Arab, 1. And none yet for silly Brit, Schwarzer crack addict, or a rude Dutchman. Now, Schwarzer crack addict, I'm shocked he's say, And it doesn't look right. I think it needs a T in there, Eric. I don't want to, like, you know... You may have to push that over a little bit too far, but it needs a T in there between the uh, R and the Z. It just doesn't look right to me. Huh? 
Even Mr. T wouldn't look right without the T. So send all those faxes, 305-650-0198. Let's get the spy reports. If we got anybody listening? See, after yesterday, I mean, Labor Day, I mean, what, yeah. what was it? Memorial Day, whatever the Memorial hell it was. Memorial Day, it was brutal. There was nobody listening yesterday. Nope. We weren't even supposed to be having a show yesterday. If it was like, and and then we had, uh, who was it? Mark. Mark and the crew doing 6 to 9 yesterday morning? Well, by crew, if you include board op, that makes two of them. Well, who, uh, oh, brother. I mean, I like Mark Eisenberg. Like I said, he's a nice guy, but does he belong on No. The... Anyway, here's a fact that says, Hey, Neil, I was one of those evil-doing hip-hoppers who attended South Beach this weekend. I'm in a local rap group, Groundhogs, that's with two G's and a Z, Groundhogs, and we were promoting our music on the sidewalks. We have T-shirts with the same logo for our group, and we pass out CDs. To make a long story short, Miami's gang unit task force approached us with no questions, threw us to the floor, and searched our pockets. They said we were a gang and took two of the members to jail for half a joint, which they found in their pockets. See, and this goes back into that story where they said, oh, this year, thank goodness they had time to search for the wicked weed. Because they have enough manpower. Congratulations over there on the beat, you assholes. It says, with total disregard to correct procedures in arresting someone, the Miami Beach police just got two hard criminals off the street. You know, weed-smoking, terrorist-supporting rappers, F the police, signed something I can't read. The fact's crapped out here at the back, which is probably just as well. I can't read his name. But his message is, F the police, to which we say, All right. right on, sweetheart. Shaking people down for a little goddamn pin joint. What the hell is wrong with you assholes? You got nothing better to do over there? You jerks. You silly people. I don't see any faxes pouring in about your performances past week. And neither do I. Not a one? There isn't one person out there in this audience who's got any commentary on the show with George and Joe? Maybe 305-650-0198. Maybe nobody was listening. That could be it. Or maybe they all liked it so well. See, the problem is, I don't want to go into it. See, the problem is in the first few days, it's always the people who call and say, Oh, George did such a wonderful job, which I'm sure he they did. Okay, I'm sure that's fine. Maybe or not. I don't know. But then as the rest of the audience starts coming back, the people who hate you like poison, then it changes. So I probably shouldn't be asking those questions until like about a week later. Follow what I'm saying? Like maybe next Monday I'll take that poll. Okay. And see, how did it go? Did you listen? Did you hate it? Anti-Semitic tirades, etc. and so on. Medical examiner may rule today in Levy case. Speaking of Jews, Levy case. Yeah, underline the Levy part. Up into an anti-Semitic frenzy. <clears throat> oh, here's another one. It says, imagine this. The police chief of Miami's bookshelf. What is that? The police chief of Miami's bookshelf. I, I, I can't. Uh, what does this say? Could you read this writing? Looks like bookshelf to me. I can't, I can't read the name. He says, how to handle large groups of white people. And others says, oh, I see, I see. One manual. I can't read. Your writing sucks, by the way, sir. The point is excellent, but your writing blows. One manual says, how to handle large groups of white people. The other says, how to handle large groups of black people. Why are there always problems when the blacks form into large groups? Tribe mentality? Maybe they shouldn't do any more events. This is another black eye in the hardworking and honest people of the black community. No more black events, it says. That's right. That's a good idea. Why do we have to have just black events? Why can't we? Have, well, I guess because it's a hip-hop thing. How come there are not a whole bunch of white punks there when it's a hip-hop thing? They don't want to get killed? I saw some when they had the pictures in the paper. <clears throat> were they doing dirty dancing? Oh, well, they were on the beach. I can't believe we haven't had a bunch of faxes about the dirty dancing story. You know, you people in South Florida, maybe they blocked that out. Maybe Governor Jepster blocked it out and censored it from being on the news because he didn't want to offend your sensibilities. 
because that would be aiding and abetting terrorism by watching a bunch of kids doing dirty dancing, almost simulating sex events, and if they had their clothes off, they would be touching and probably making babies and things like that. Medical examiner may rule in Levy case today. Washington, D.C. medical examiner Jonathan Arden is expected to issue sometime today his ruling on how Sean Levy died. Weren't you shocked when they found that body, by the way? She died? Arden has told the Washington Post that his ruling will not necessarily be based on lab tests, although they could be performed at a later date. Today is also the day that Levy's family will hold a memorial service in their hometown, Modesto, California. Levy family spokesman Judy Smith says that while the family's been in seclusion since Levy's remains were found last Wednesday, give, uh, grieving in private, the death is a tragedy felt throughout Modesto. The entire community has been involved in this grieving with the Levy, said Modesto. That sounds like, that sounds like a name <laughs> for a show. That sounds like a name for a TV show. I don't want to sound insensitive, but they've been on so goddamn much now the last year. Grieving with the Levy's, at least a miniseries. Right up to Seinfeld. Says Modesto Mayor Carmen Sabatino. A great many people in this community will be attending the memorial, he says. CBS News correspondent Melissa McDermott reports authorities expect about 1,500 people at the service tonight. I think people need closure, says one Modesto resident, Jerry Martin. People need to come together and just support one another because it could happen to anybody, anywhere. And Washington police say they've recovered about 96% of Levy's remains. Doug, uh, Dr. Douglas Ubelacher, a former anthropologist at the Smithsonian Institution, tells CBS News that even bones can provide potentially valuable clues. The skeleton's got a lot of stories to tell if you have the science to unlock the language and allow it to speak properly, says Ubelacher. Washington Police Chief Charles Ramsey says he believes the search for evidence in Rock Creek Park, the place where Levy's remains were found, is just about over. The police are making a final sweep of the area just to be sure. They sure did a good job the first time, didn't they? <laughs> or, or do you think that possibly the body was moved there, huh? It's entirely possible. Yeah. Especially after they, uh, in that one guy that they found had um, tried to rape those two women in the same park. Right, the serial killer. Uh-huh. Maybe throw them off the path a little bit. However, uh-huh. did you hear what Chandra's friends had to say about her running in the park? No. That she would never, ever do that. That they tried repeatedly to get her to go jogging with them. Right. She hated running, hated jogging, hated and how that come park. And how come she was looking up the uh, the Klingle Mansion thing on that website that morning and then just happened to be going there with day? Unless, unless perhaps somebody uh, invited her to be there, huh? To right. meet her there. Inquiring minds want to know because then we're just now getting this Chandra thing all stoked up again. And you notice that all the familiar faces, including what's the name of that lawyer, Mark something or other with a mustache, the one for uh, Condit, his lawyer? I don't know. You know the one I'm talking about? I know who you're talking about. Oh, my name. God. He just, he makes me ill. I just see him and I get physically ill. What a glib, smooth-talking, obnoxious son of a bitch he is, whatever his name is. Another media whore. But at least we can have some fun with this now. 1027 at 560 WQM. If you want to have a great meal and have some fun at the same time, Armadillo Cafe is that place and has been for a coon's age now for a long time. Armadillo Cafe is an institution in South Florida, and now they're in a great new location in the Pizza Loft Plaza, no less. 3400 South University Drive, right behind Pier 1 Imports, just uh, south of 595 in Davie, between 595 and Griffin Road. The food at the Armadillo Cafe is unbelievable. If you haven't eaten there, what are you waiting for? They were there on Davy Road Extension for a long time, and now they're in an even better new location. Start out with an appetizer like the tequila grilled shrimp with corn cakes or the Tempura Island Princess Conch. Then order one of their terrific spinach salads with glazed pecans and a pistachio-crusted mozzarella salad with lemon basil dressing. The entrees are prepared with the best and freshest ingredients that money can buy. Try the pan-seared yellow snapper, the yellow-tailed snapper with roasted peppers, or the sea bass with sweet corn and veal glaze. Choose from dozens of other mouth-watering entrees on a big menu, and for dessert, it will knock your eyes and your socks out. Sample the armadillo creme brulee or the warm chocolate fritters covered in hot fudge. 
I, I can't do that. Mm. I can't talk about warm chocolate fritters covered in a hot fudge without starting to get a, a little bit of a, a jonesing, and uh, a need. You know what I mean? A need. Call Armadillo Cafe for reservations at 954-423-9954. That's 954-423-9954. Voted one of the best restaurants in Broward for the past 14 years in a row. And you know why they get voted that? Because they are. Armadillo Cafe is smoke-free, plenty of free parking, as well as complimentary valet parking, too. Check them out on the web if you like at armadillocafe.com. And be sure and tell them that old Neil sent you by. They'll take extra good care of you. You'll eat in real style at one of the true gourmet restaurants of South I just want to contract them in the, best, in the best interests of the game. Weeknights at 10 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. Neil, God. You know, I do not support the public education system. I think it's a terrible thing for several reasons. First of all, uh, I go into these schools and I meet teachers that are a joke. The kids don't have any of the kind of, you know, drugs uh, they need to, you know, get ready for the exams. So there's a big debate. Do we try to put in more public resources to fix our schools? No. Or do we take public dollars away from the public school system and give them to, you know, the school of the church of the white supremacists? Well, sure. 1031. Thanks, Swillery. 1031 at 560 W. And by the way, Swillery. You're gay. Well, I had that queued up, so I might as well play it anyway. For the next fax, it says, so is my piazza gay? I'd like to know. And it's signed, thank you, Brady Anderson. <laughs> Isn't that cute? It says, George was great, like always, and needs a raise. And I noticed George faxed this to me twice. Oh, that, it didn't go through the first time. It was <laughs> <not on this laughs> end. That was not by intention. It was just an accident that it says, George was great, like always, and needs a raise. And George, just this by accident happened to fax this to me twice. And by the way, okay, here's that story that I've been holding off as long as I could, because I don't want to start with any depressing stuff in the beginning after a holiday. This is from the Inquirer, so you know it must be the MS, baby. And I still can't, those pictures, oh. These pictures will make you sicker, though. They're more grotesque than even those death pictures of Harrison Klebold. Brittany and Justin are back in stink. If you could see the picture of her here, you'd, you'd leave the room. You'd just go out running in the breeze with your uh, something hanging between your knees. You'd lose your mind. This picture of her could be the best picture. that. In fact, you know what you ought to do? As soon as the show is over, although you, what you, because that would require spending money, yeah. You ought to call up Captain Singer. What's the other guy that brings us all the magazines Bill, all the time? Bill from Anderson News. Bill from Anderson News, the National oh, Enquirer. Huh? I miss him dearly. Well, whatever happened to him? I oh, since, I left, since I left town, he can't be bothered with you. You're small no, potatoes. I understand. Since I'm doing a show out of town. But at any rate, this is the June uh, something or other. I wish they'd put the damn dates on, on the pages. would be a nice idea. It's the current issue. Of the National Enquirer, which uh, they don't put the dates on the goddamn pages. I'll, I'll go buy it. It's the one that's got the Columbine killers, the exclusive on the front page, with the gory, bloody pictures, with them with their heads lying in a pool of blood, and shotguns and all other kinds of weapons laying all around them, because that's the American effing way. It's for a bunch of gun nuts. Oh, sorry, Robert. Look at this. Surgical technique straightens curved penis. Well, that's nice. We'll save that for a little bit later on. Not one fax about, well, yeah, we had that one, that one that licked your ass. About George and Joe doing a show. That's because uh, after yesterday, they assume I'm on vacation again all this week. I'm sure the station's been running the usual tremendous promotional thing saying, Hey, Neil's back from vacation. We've Tuesday. been telling everybody. Well, no, but on you know, a we're daily telling basis. everybody, but what good does that do? Oh, that's right. Nobody was listening. What about the other 90% of the audience that wasn't listening to those seven shows? And especially, and especially yesterday. Do you think anybody was listening yesterday? No, oh, I know no. for a fact they weren't. So what am I telling you? 
This station probably does the most piss-poor job of promoting anything. It's a freaking miracle that we have any numbers, that we have anybody listening at all. How many votes we got on a poll so far? Cheap old Jew 18. Which of these uh, phrases or expressions is the most redundant? Cheap old Jew 18. Religious fanatic 17. Pedophile priest 13. As George's influence continues uh, affecting the, the show. That's what I voted for, by the way. Dumb redneck 13. That's what I voted. Boring baseball game 10. I thought you were voting for boring baseball game. You lied. I thought about it. Eight. Jew-hating Arab 5, Schwarzer Crack Addict has got 3 now, Hysterical Old Julio 3, Silly Brit None, and Rude Dutchman None. Yeah, Rude Dutchman is definitely redundant. Anyway, here's the bad news. Oops, they're doing it again. Seriously, this picture of her is... I mean, she I'm sure she's got a lot of makeup on in this picture, it's obvious. But she looks to be the perfect specimen of human uh, femininity, of the human, the human female species. And, of course, he, on the other hand, looks like crap. Yeah. He looks just like what he always looks like. Crap. Pure, unadulterated crap. Justin Tinkerbell. This is what crap. Yeah, looks like. Crap on two legs. Now, I realize looks aren't everything. Maybe he's got this gigantic, uh, you know, multicolored penis. I don't know. Maybe that's there, there's something there that doesn't meet the eye. Maybe he's got a sparkling personality because number one he don't look good and number two he can't sing. Maybe they maybe they they share that in common. Neither one of them can sing for crap. But at least she looks great. Don't let me forget tomorrow. I want to critique on this picture of Britney Spears. Here's a fax from Tom. It says Ray Harold front page Bush photo proves there's no afterlife because these fallen heroes would have never allowed this uh, phony photo op. Okay, okay, Tom. Whatever you say. Still not one fax about uh, George and Joe. Not one. Nope. Zero. None. No commentary. What does that tell you? We may have to take calls on this. <laughs> Oops, they're doing it again. Britney Spears and Justin Tinkerbell are back in sync after a pregnancy scare temporarily tore the longtime couple apart. And sources say the real reason Justin broke up with Britney was that the pregnancy scare caused her to stop having sex with Justin and their red-hot romance turned ice cold. Well, if, if she thought she was pregnant, what the, what, isn't that like a little bit too late to stop? Well, they're not going to do it anymore. I see. And, well, they are, according to this. As the Inquirer reported in late March, 20-year-old Brittany freaked out when a home pregnancy test came up positive. She later found out she wasn't expecting, but the pregnancy scare put a hex on her and Justin's relationship, a friend of the couple disclosed. Brittany and Justin waited years to be sexually intimate, and almost as soon as they were, they had to face the prospect of having a child together before they were really ready. Both of them have hot careers. Justin started out solo after years with instinct, and they both realized the trouble a baby could cause them. Brittany was horrified over what her young female fans would think of her becoming pregnant outside marriage. Yeah, with that goody two-shoes image she comes while she's shaking her naked ass and big uh, tits in front of your face. Oh, that's right, we can't say tits on the radio. Her whole image is built on her sex appeal and her uh, would-be availability to her millions of boy fans. If she became a mom, her career would be kaput, and so would the healthy moral image she's projected for years. The healthy moral image. I'll agree with the healthy part. She's a slut, is what she is. All right. Talk of a baby froze them, and they stopped sleeping together while they dealt with the issue. And with their sex life at a standstill, Justin dumped her ass and the rest of her, too. Can you believe that? He dumped her. You ready for that? Yeah. I believe it. Oh, and there's a picture in the upper right-hand corner of them, like, lying on a beach. And if you think he's ugly with his clothes on, he's got, like, tattoos. He's got a big, like, iron cross on his shoulder. He's got a tattoo. 
I'm telling you, man, 14 pounds of cow excrement look better than Justin Tinkerbell. Said another source, Brittany was so afraid of getting pregnant that she was avoiding making love altogether, and that's when a frustrated Justin decided they needed to break from each other because he was horny and wanted to get laid. When in doubt, somebody put out. After the split, Justin 21 hooked up with dancer Jenna Dewan, who performed with Instinct at the Grammy Awards in February and began hitting the strip clubs. Meanwhile, Britney struck up a brief relationship with her own dancer, curly-haired Brian Friedman. Oh, that's not that little faggot, is it? That little Tinkerbell one? Maybe she's into Tinkerbells. And also hit the party scene hard. She hit it hard. Britney was spotted at trendy L.A. nightclubs like Las Palmas, guzzling glasses of Dom Perignon champagne and dancing with groups of guys, said the source. Kind of like zombie charity on Passions. She took their phone numbers down as if she was taking applications for potential dates. The partying started to get too wild, too out of control. She was trying to drown her sorrows, but it obviously didn't work. So in other words, she was afraid she was going to get knocked up by Justin, but she figured the gangbangs would be safe. She simply couldn't get Justin out of her mind or her heart. Brittany finally realized that she and Justin had to get back together, and to do that, she'd have to get over her fear of intimacy. The friend revealed Brittany did a lot of soul-searching, and Justin did as well, but Brittany was the one who finally reached out. She started calling Justin out on the pretext of finding out about the home they'd shared or what friends were up to. What she really wanted was to tell Justin she loved him and wanted to get back together. <laughs> That's what Justin wanted, too, but pride prevented him from coming right out and saying it, or from coming out. Slowly, over a few weeks of long calls, they both opened up their hearts and confessed how truly lonely they were without each other and how much they wanted to be a couple again. Brittany told Justin she'd gotten over her fear of intimacy and just wanted him back in her arms. Justin agreed they got back together, but their busy schedules hardly allow any time to be in the same city that could cause the reunion to fall apart yet again. Anybody believe in this? No. Anybody buying it? No. Anybody think he's got a penis? Uh, no. Okay. Glad to hear that. Boy, the lengths that they go to spin doctors, the Hollywood spin doctors, you know, the showbiz spin doctors, to make up these stories. She wouldn't touch that thing with your hand, I'll guarantee you. 20 before 11 at 560 WQM. Has the Julio, are we uh, still doing the cutout, by the way? Yes. Oh, that's depressing, because otherwise it's so magnificent. So I think there's something to be learned here, boys and girls. This show is living proof, in case you haven't noticed, that nothing is perfect. This is as close to perfection as you'll get, but it just goes to show you that even though we're on the same wavelength now, we still have to have like a little bit of technical, because that's the Beasley effing way. And without it, somebody might think they're listening to the wrong station. Hey, if you're ready to get in shape for the summer like the Beast, now don't go to some uh, fancy uh, you know restaurant where you're going to get sick like the Beast did. He made one. He fell off the wagon, and now he got punished for it, big time. But the Beast has lost about 30 pounds with Balance for Life, and you can do the same. In fact, when I'm coming home very soon, they're going to be uh, sending me my little black sack, and that's one of the few things I'm looking forward to coming back in South Florida for a few days is getting the little black sack because it takes it takes all the guesswork out of losing weight. They've done all the work for you. The Zone Diet by Dr. Barry Sears. It's very effective, very complicated, too. But ahead of time, all you have to do is choose between two alternatives for each meal at you, uh, each day you're on a program, and that's it. Those are the only choices you make. You don't have to count carbohydrates. You don't have to count calories. You don't have to do any shopping at all. Because all your meals, three hormonally balanced gourmet meals, two delicious snacks, even a 16-ounce bottled water, are in your little black sack. And they deliver from Balance for Life, your little black sack, right to your door by 6 o'clock every morning, to your work, to your home, wherever you are. So if you really want to lose some weight, get with a real controlled and proven weight loss, eat healthy lifestyle, get in shape for summer starting right now with Balance for Life because it really and truly works. And like I've been telling you, the food is delicious too. Pretty soon you'll look almost as good as the beast. Call Balance for Life at 954-568-3229. 
That's 954-568-3229. Or check them out on the Wicked Web at balanceforlife.com. The Big Dog is back. Yeah. I'm doing her that's right Just about every day and night Cause Britney's young and tight Hey baby come on I waited endlessly She finally gave it to me Now just like in her songs I can hear her moan I've been dating her since we were four It ain't no lie I I was the first to go through that door It's come bye 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 Welcome. It's about time everybody knew We're doing it like bunnies for a year or two I hate to tell you her virginity has come by, bye, bye. The sweetest cherries are so young and pink. I thank God every day that I am within sync. I hate to tell you her virginity has come by, bye, bye. 1045 at 560 WQM. Now here's another Joe and George fan, and I know exactly who this fax is from. You know who it's from, the one you just faxed me? No. From the punk who called uh, several months ago, and that was over a year ago, I guess, giving me directions on how to do the show. I guess it was before I went off to Amsterdam for last summer, and it was a few weeks ahead of time, and he was saying, oh, just leave right now, because what you need to do is a lot more heterosexual sex. He was giving me a whole list of things that I should be talking about, because the Neil Rogers show isn't about the... In other words, he was going to make the show based on what he wanted to hear about, not on what the show was. Oh. And now he faxes, which I'm sure it's the same asshole. George and Joe rule. Finally, there were some good topics for a week. Get them on full-time end gay banter. Go, George and Joe. End gay banter. Who's he? Who's what? Gay banter. He starts Monday. And just on the heels of that, end the gay banter. And I'm, I'm not making this up. Here's the next fax from Frank. Speaking of gay banter, he says, I just wanted to comment on the Mike Piazza situation. Personally, I think that he's gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that, and I base my opinion on a theory I haven't heard discussed yet. Now, did you discuss the Mike Piazza situation? Uh, for 27 hours straight, this station was talking about uh, gay athletes. Does it matter? Do you care? Etc. and so on. Really? Yeah. Boy, that's so out of character with that station, which usually in such a deep in the closet pretending that it doesn't exist. That's a shock. Well, that's, you know what that sounds like to me? Gay what? banter. <laughs> and so it was. How do you like that? Well, don't, so don't be pointing the finger at this old fag, okay? I wasn't even in the goddamn country, and there's all this gay banter going on. Anyway, Frank goes on to say, I think the proof is uh, in Piazza's refu refusing to move to first base. How does that prove that he's gay? Not that there's anything wrong with that, you ask? In typical male-male relationships, there aren't any infielders or outfielders. There's only a pitcher and a catcher. Good point, Frank. But too much goddamn gay banter. Cut it out. God damn it. So you see, George hasn't sent me one critical fax. Oh, here we true. go. I sent you one. All right, that, just uh, relax, relax. I just reached back and got it. I sent you that before the other two, as a matter of fact. Well, it didn't come out that way, okay? I, I can't be responsible for the order in which the faxes come through my machine, okay? My favorite Mumble boy. Uh, professional. Yeah, exactly, that guy. I've sent you his faxes before oh, Rack. all the time. Rack. Yeah. What yeah, kind yeah. of a name is that, Rack? But he does make a good point. Made up of. Uh, oh, you know something? You don't mumble nearly as much. Well, I can understand what you're saying now that we have they're on the same uh, audio wavelength here. I think the connection is different. 
Yeah, because Both we went ways. on to a different. I just told you that before the show that we had to like uh, go to a different frequency or whatever the hell. Uh, I think Julio the problem had me doing. before was uh, the line, the feed that you were getting back from this way was just really low, not to right. mention bad. That's right. Not only was it low, but it was also like there were there was a split second delay on it. Believe me. Oh, I know that it drove me nuts. Well, there you go. So now we've got rid of that, and the fact that there's a little bit of a drop out of it, then and. and, and, and <laughs> See, you're not going to know. I'm going to start faking it, baby. Of course, you ought to be used to that. I am. Spy report. Mumble Boy still sucks. His rack in Miami is a chronic George hater. It says, okay, so you put Joe C. on a radio. Excellent choice. He does a fine show. Hopefully, he'll be the permanent replacement when you're out. But the Jew hater never shuts up. If Joe is supposed to do the show, all you hear is the pothead jumping in the whole show and mumbling away. Try this. When Joe does his show, please tell George not to speak at all. Don't speak at all, George. Oh, be happy to. I'm sorry to have to punish your ratings because of the spick, but oh, see, this guy, I will not fill you in in my diary, my friends that I'm filling in also, until you shut up the wretched spick. We're not playing that game, okay? We, we're not holding, we already got Greg Reed holding uh, George hostage. We're not having listeners holding him hostage, okay? If you like the Neil Rogers show, you'll fill it out. And in addition to which, you already admit that you were listening. Rack. Doesn't miss a minute. Yeah. Love your show and would listen to Joe C. if Spickboy would shut his mouth. So you were listening, but you're going to, like, punish me by trying to punish George. Rack up your ass, baby. <laughs> Take your diary and wipe your ass with it. Here's another one. Every time you go on vacation, I change the station. There is no substitute for you, period. Absolutely correct, sir. Welcome back. Please play the penthouse Guccione bit. Oh, what the hell is that? I don't even remember. Oh, it's on one of these from... Uh, maybe I'll get around to it, maybe I won't. I haven't even got to the thing here. I sniffed some politics with this picture of the Bushmeister who was just on the verge of losing it. I don't want to get Robert all bent out of shape. Anybody bringing you guys lunch today? No, I have my balance for life sack. And I think Robert inherited beasts. Oh. he's not here. Well, how do you like that? One of the... Yeah, I got the beast sack. Anything good in there? Everything good. Very good. Well, how do you like that? Probably even kosher, too. Well, anyway, can I do the thing is. about George Bush here and stop with this? How's our poll coming, by the way? Which of these phrases or expressions is the most redundant? If you don't know what redundant is, don't waste our time on our poll, okay? Bug off. Go to the uh, uh, Bill O'Reilly poll. How about dirty dancing? We didn't get one. There's not one fax. There isn't one person out there who saw that story about the, uh, the high school proms. It was in several different cities. Certainly not Miami. Look at that. The Dow's down almost 100 points. Are you ready for that? Huh? All right. Oh, I feel so much better. Not, not that I want you people out there who still got all your money in there to lose any more money, but, uh, <laughs> you know, better late than ever. That's all I can say, and it's a little, no laughing matter. Money that Mitch Hirsch cost me in, like, an interest-free, just into a, like under a mattress somewhere. Then you wouldn't have to worry about being the scapegoat every time Greg Reed gets a bug up his ass. And when you tell me that he had the chutzpah to come in here and was giving you a song and a dance about something while I was gone, that, that to me is astonishing. That's shocking. Because even if, if you walked into a shopping mall anywhere in South Florida, even people who don't listen to the show, they know one thing. Greg hates you. Right, you being George. They all know that. Anyway, cheap old Jew, 24. Thank God I, I you know put that on there. Religious Fanatic 22. See, this is what we're left with after George and Joe do the show for seven days. A bunch of anti-Semites. Didn't come up once, by the way, even though somebody tried. What's that? You know. The oh, by the way, East. they had a bunch more terrorist attacks, and Israel is moving the uh, tanks yeah, back in. And there's a big campaign it, to increase the population of the settlements, too. The whole thing just goes round and around. It's like a dog chasing its tail. 
They keep building more settlements, and they keep blowing up more suicide bombers, and the tanks keep moving back in again. And it just, uh, what's the point? I say let them all kill each other. I'm sick of it already. we got to worry about money. we got bigger fish to fry. we got goddamn Indian Pakistan over there. Oh, and speaking of Pakistan, see, I saved the depressing news till a little later in the show. I don't want to get too heavy early in the program after a holiday weekend. From the, from the uh, Sunday Times of London about how we're treating the Al-Qaeda down there in Guant and Gitmo like, like it's a... Uh, like it's a fraternity, like it's a goddamn nightclub down there. They're getting piña coladas? Yeah. Rum and Pingas coke? coladas? Taliban and Al-Qaeda believe plotting within Pakistan, all those leaders that we were supposedly to have killed, but we haven't, as many as a thousand of them, are now getting together in uh, Pakistan, getting ready to get all geared up and start all over again. But in the meantime, our vice president, old Dick, that'd be a good poll question to take uh, someday. Who's got a weaker heart, Pat Quinn or uh, Dick Cheney? Anyway, cheap old Jew, 25, religious fanatic, 22, dumb redneck, 20, pedophile priest and uh, boring baseball game, 14 apiece. Baseball is boring, even though we hear a lot about it on this radio station. It's very, very sad. Very, very sad. It's only like, what is it, a game, game and a half out of first place because that division is so mediocre? Because you've got rampant mediocrity. And what do you expect when the team in first place got the, you know, gay players on it? Alleged. Uh, what's the other one? Cheap French Canadian 12, Jew hating Arab 8, hysterical old Julio 8, Schwarzer crack addict 7, and none for rude Dutchman or silly bread. How do you like that? <laughs> Let's hear it. No silly Brits. Panel finds deception in case of missing girl. Now, let me ask you before we go on to that, what were some of the great topics that you discussed besides heterosexual sex? Because already my mother told me that you talked about sex one day. We did. That's what she said. What do you guess George talked about the first day? Sex. Sex. That's all he talks about is sex. He's such a pervert. You ever see such a person like him? Sex. Well, we talked about Star Wars. We talked about, you know, Spider-Man. Spider-Man? Yeah. Who the hell gives a, a crap about Spider-Man? Oh, you'd be surprised. Your mom. No, my mom does not care about Spider-Man. We talked about that homeless voice thing, remember? We continued yeah. that thing going on right. with that scam with the Broward Which, by the way, George faxed me 75,000 pages about that chamber, Broward Chamber of Commerce guy and about the whole thing. I don't want to get started on that. I don't want to move backward. i got too much stuff here to move forward with. Right. Stuff like that, the mystery unfolded, and, you know, just general uh, banter. General banter as opposed to gay banter. Well, maybe if we want to improve the Neil Rogers show, we ought to start moving on to general banner. No. Instead of my gay banner. Are we going to make any changes? No. I don't think so. I'll talk about whatever the hell I want to talk about. And that asshole that sent the fax is still listening right now, okay? The one that's the amateur program director out there who's going to give me instructions as to what I ought to be talking about. Well, guess what? I'm not going to do it. We talked about office romance. Have you got the phone pot open by any chance, uh, Robert? Yes. QAM, hello. Hello? Yes, sir. How are you doing today, Neil? Great. Okay, I just heard you talk about the homeless voice. I got a very, very funny story for you. Okay. I'm an ad sale, so I'm out on the road, on the road all day long. And maybe it's self-serving or whatnot, but anytime I'm going on a rather large appointment, I usually give them a couple bucks. You know, it worked one time, so I figured, what the hell, let's just keep going with it. So one day I'm leaving an appointment, and I just signed him, and I was extremely happy. I didn't have any cash on me, but the guy came to the window, and I never talked to him before, but I figured, what the hell, let me just say a quick hello. So I gave him some cigarettes that I had in my car, mm -hmm. and he, he was very nice to me, and then he said, i got to ask you a question. I'm like, go right ahead. He said, listen, I'm a homosexual man. Do you know where I can go to have a little bit of fun in this town? So, and then he just started making innuendos, so the, the skinny is, give him money, but don't ever talk to him, because they're a bunch of freaks. 
Neil, you have a great day. Okay, thanks for the good Bye-bye. news. See, there's more gay banter there. We finally take a call. It turned out to be gay, although it was rather amusing. It was gay banter. Well, the guy was just looking for a good time or hard time. Times, or maybe he would like to fall on hard times. I don't know. See more gay banter everywhere you look. You can't get away from it. And you know something? The world is enjoying gay banter. Why do you think they were talking about Mike Piazza so much, huh? Because he looks good? I don't think so. I think he's kind of like a freaky-looking guy. But nevertheless, 1056. And you know something else, by the way, that you're going to be very excited about? What? That call that I just took? Yeah. I don't have any headphones on. That's hey. the first time I've taken a call up here that sounded great. Because now I've got the level. See? Now and, that we're on the same and, wavelength, technically. So it's good that there was a power failure here while I was away, and that Julio and I had to retool this whole thing, if I can say. Can I say retool? No. Redo this whole thing. And the no delay thing means that you weren't stepping all over each other right. phone call it either. It sounded great. See, we're getting this done right. Didn't I tell you it's been a work in progress? Didn't I tell you that? Uh-huh. In real time, I love right. it. Now we're finally, after a few months, because that's the Beasley way, we have to start out screwing it up a little bit. And now that I took one call, I see a bunch of other people are calling. Maybe I'll take them and maybe I won't. Don't worry about it, Robert. Just keep that pot open just in case. But don't hold your breath. Well, we'll see. I mean, it was a pretty interesting caller. Wouldn't you say on a scale of three, I'd give him about two and a half? Adequate. If, no, I mean, not as good as your calls, out. but... Well. If you always put off going to the dentist because of fear, pain, or that's right, you get the intellectual calls. I forgot yeah. that. Ah, how soon they forget. George gets the intellectuals. I just get the gay banter like this last guy, but he was pretty good. If you always put off going to the dentist because of fear, because of pain or neglect or fear of pain, call Dr. Renee Piedra and Associates in Coral Gables where he offers sedation dentistry. Sedation dentistry by Dr. Piedra will make you feel at ease while your dental work's being done. You'll be sedated just enough to be unaware of the treatment being done, yet feel refreshed and have little or no memory of what was accomplished. Dr. Piedra does all types of dental work using sedation, crowns, implants, cleanings, fillings, root canal, other general dental procedures. Years of dental neglect can be fixed in as little as a couple of visits, and Dr. Piedra will make you feel at ease while he's doing the work with his sedation dentistry techniques. So don't be afraid of the dentist any longer. Get healthy teeth and gums for a lifetime by calling Dr. Rene Piedra and Associates to learn more about sedation dentistry. Call 305-661-1812. Dr. Piedra is located at 4651 Ponce de Leon Boulevard, just west of Lejeune Road in the Gables. Check him out on the web if you like at floridasleepdentist.com or call 305-661-1812. That's 305-661-1812 for Dr. Rene Piedra and Associates. And be sure and tell him that old Neil, who's got a beautiful set. and Subscribers in the continental U.S. only. The Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Were you fudge packing? Hello, this is Bob Cuccioni, publisher of Penthouse, the magazine for men who can't seem to get a real woman. In our next issue, I'm proud to say we are presenting pictures of that sexy Russian tennis star with the size 36C breasts, the lovely Anna Konnikova. Oh, she really turns me on. Oh, does she turn me on? Oh, oh uh, now, I'm sure you've heard that lawyers for Miss Kornikova say that those honking headlights in penthouse aren't hers. Well, I'm looking at these photos right now, and, oh, I am one extremely turned on 71-year-old porn peddler. Oh, I am so turned on. And, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, well, let me ask you this. Does it matter if the sexy pictures of this gorgeous young topless thing are Anna Kornikova or not? Of course it doesn't. The point is, they're hot. Oh, God, they're so hot. Oh, I'm Bob Guccione for Penthouse, the magazine that's fun to read. 
in the outhouse. Uh, it's occupied. G- give me a few more minutes. Thank oh. God for a little heterosexual batter there. It's 1102 at 560. WQM, we got Mad Dog Jim Manage coming up at 1 o'clock. Hank is in studio at 3. We got the ball game pregame at 630. You're a South Florida baseball team against. Now, why does it say that? I don't understand why it's. Uh, well, I don't know. What? No, it's just the way that the schedule is. Usually it's the Reds. The visiting team would be under first, but I'm getting picky. It's it, The game is at the uh, PP Park, okay? They're home after the 5-9 and nine road trip. Eddie K. after baseball, Joe and Mark, the uh, Dirty Boys, back overnight on their own show. They got their own thing now. Nobody can pick on them there in the uh, wee hours in the morning when everybody is asleep, except for a few drunks and uh, insomniacs. Rosie looks at Liza in dim light. Here's that story that we teased a little while ago. The friendship between Liza Minnelli and fat Rosie O'Donnell was severely strained after old scabby Minnelli backed out of O'Donnell's final show in order to do Barbara Walters' The View, insiders told the New York Post. Oh, I saw The View one day. Boy, that's, that's terrible. That's terrible. It is terrible. The View. Two weeks ago, O'Donnell announced with much fanfare that Nathan Lane and Minnelli would be her guest star. You know, I, if you had any idea of how different this whole the whole experience of doing this show is now that we can actually like hear each other. Like, I have this is every idea. I mean, it's it's uh, the the audience. I don't know if the audience can hear it the way it sounds on the ear, but for me, just sitting here in this room, it's like machaya, uh, as they say in Yugoslavia, if they still had a Yugoslavia. That's what Milosevic said. He said it's a machaya. Anyway, two weeks ago, Donald announced with much manfare, uh, manfare that Nathan Lane and Manelli would be her guest stars on her last live show, which aired Wednesday. But, sources said, due to a misunderstanding over a Judy Garland song, Manelli backed out and had to be replaced with Christine Ebersol. Who the hell is that? Don't know. Never heard of her. Liza had promised Rosie she would sing Somewhere Over the Rainbow, but a few weeks later she had a change of heart and didn't want to do it, the Post said. Rosie was furious and said, if you won't sing it, don't come. Liza has never sung that song in public, and she knew it would be a big heart-stopping moment. She figured that if she was going to be getting a lot of attention from the song, it might as well be in her own Broadway show, and out Rosie's the post source said, How do you like that old washed-up bitch, huh? That freaky Liza Minnelli. Seems to me those two, that's a match made in heaven. Fat, bull-like Rosie O'Donnell and that uh, fag-hag Liza. I, I think she ought to be singing Simmer Over the Rainbow because, you know, she's got that same neurotic thing that Judy Garland had without the talent. See, Judy Garland had the talent, but she always seemed like she was on the verge of a nervous breakdown, and that's because she always was. Like, every note could be her last, you know, like she would just crumble and fall down like Boo Shambi right there on the stage. Think the pills had anything to do with that? Might have had a little bit, and maybe the booze. <laughs> Might have a little bit to do with it. But And couldn't sing her way out of a paper sack, but also has that same, uh, you know what I'm talking about, that same sound. Yeah. Like she's ready to like fall apart on a given moment. Kind of like our general manager. Panel finds deception in case of missing girl. A major scandal is once again Jeb Bush and the state of Florida show their absolute total ineptitude. Too bad the Democratic Party doesn't have a candidate who has a Chinaman's chance in hell in winning even a fixed election in Florida where fixed elections are now becoming a specialty. They still couldn't do it. The disappearance of that five-year-old little girl went unnoticed for 15 months because two low-level state workers and her caretakers deceived the state's child welfare system, a review panelist concluded. The committee said the workers and two sisters submitted paperwork that falsely indicated William Wilson was in the sisters' care and was being visited regularly by child welfare workers. I'd sure like to see the workers and their sisters, you know it? I'd sure like to take a puke at who they are. There was fraud perpetrated here, said Sarah Harold, no relation to the newspaper, because this is from the Washington Post. 
The child welfare expert on the four-member panel, the group reviewed a 26-page draft of a report which is being presented today to Governor Jeb Bush, who appointed the panel. The panel did not recommend the removal of Children and Family Secretary Kathleen Kearney or the agency's top administrator, but it said agency shortcomings need to be addressed. It's scandalous. Rilia was an infant when she was taken by the state from her homeless, crack-addicted mother. The child was placed in the custody of Pamela Graham in April of 2000, went to live in the home of her sister, Geraldine Graham. Geraldine Graham said in April that a department worker took Rilia from her home in January 2001. But Rilia's caseworker, Deborah Muskelly, filed a court report in August of 2001, indicating she had recently visited Rilia. Muskelly and her supervisor, Willie Harris, quit in March amid criticism of the way they handled an unrelated case. Also in March, Geraldine Graham filed for food stamps on behalf of Rilia. She'd also sought food stamps and other government services for Rilia between January 2001 and March. Kearney, who's called the girl's disappearance an isolated incident, said the agency made mistakes. <laughs> the draft report suggested 30 changes, including photographing children every three months and having them come to court every six months. So I've been going all this time. Any sign of Rilia? No. Anybody got any idea where she is? Uh, no. Do you know if she's dead or alive? No. Now, Howard Feynman's column in uh, this uh, last week's, May 27th, Newsweek. And here's a picture of Robert's president with that same bewildered look on his puss, all of an angry, bewildered look. The people's president. Yeah, the minority of people who voted for him, right. Howard Feynman writes, it was supposed to be, well, of course, like what's-her-name said, and uh, what's-her-name Robinson, she said the American people are dumb. And boy, she right. American people wouldn't even know where to find Afghanistan on a map with both hands, including this president. So you're right, he is the people's president. They like dumb. Look at Jimmy Carter. Look at Eisenhower. Look at Gerald Ford. It was supposed to be a routine drop-by, a little more, a quick strategic review with the president before he awarded a medal to Nancy Reagan in the Capitol Rotunda. But by the time George W. Bush arrived at a private gathering of Republican senators in the Mansfield room, a vicious political war had erupted on the Hill, ignited by the disclosure that he had been warned last August about the possibility of al-Qaeda hijackings in the U.S. A suddenly embattled president felt the need to talk tough at length behind closed doors. No question when he walked into the room he was shaken, one senator later said. What followed, according to several sources who were in the room last Thursday afternoon, was a jut-jawed, disjointed discourse with a tinge of diatribe and a crescendo of podium pounding. The president dismissed questions about his administration's counterterrorism actions, or lack of them, before September the 11th as mere democratic partisanship. I sniffed some politics in the air, he scoffed. Asked about the Middle East, he recounted with a blunt Oval Office conversation with Ariel Sharon. He said he'd asked the Israeli leader if he really hated Yasser Amafart. Sharon had answered yes, according to the president. I looked him straight in the eye and said, well, are you going to kill him? Sharon said no, to which the president said he'd replied, that's good. Bush was just getting warmed up. Now you guys really got me going, he said. He threatened to block the entire defense bill if it contained money for the controversial and costly Crusader artillery system. I mean it, I'll veto it, he said tersely, glancing at Senator Don Nichols of Oklahoma, where Crusader would be built. Bush ended with an attack on North Korean dictator Kim Jong-il. He's starving his own people, Bush said, and imprisoning intellectuals in a gulag half the size of Austin. The president called him a pygmy and compared him to a spoiled child at a dinner table. Stunned senators didn't know quite what to make of the performance. It was like in church when the sermon goes on too long and you're not sure what the point is. One told Newsweek, nobody dared to even look at anybody else. If Bush seemed unsure of his bearings, he had reason to be. After eight months of political calm, the war on terror abroad has turned into an uncivil war at home. Until last week, the Capitol was full of urgent but murky bureaucratic debates about terrorism information. Now suddenly, Democrats, investigators, and the news media were asking the hoary Nixonian questions, what did the president know and when did he know it? 
and they were asking new but equally dramatic ones, with a year's worth of scattered but numerous hints of al-Qaeda's emerging suicide strategy, why didn't Bush know more, and why weren't people told after September 11th what the administration knew before that fateful day? In this new question time, what is that? New question time? Bush has the benefit of a bond with the American people, who for the most part seem to hope that he'll succeed. In the new Newsweek poll, his approval rating is 73%, still a lofty number, yet voters are highly critical of other parts of his administration, the CIA, the FBI, and his own security team. By a 55 to 38% margin, they think the administration should have issued a public hijacking warning before September 11th. By a 68 to 24% margin, they want a congressional investigation of intelligence failures, and voter skepticism even extends to Bush on one crucial subject. Asked if he has done all he should have with the pre-9-11 warnings, voters said yes, but only by a margin of 48 to 39%. Democrats, trying to sound more sourful than angry, let alone delighted, <coughs> demanded answers. Noting an instantly famous headline, Bush knew in the normally pro-Bush New York Post, Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton took the Senate floor to express her concern. So did party leaders Tom Daschle and Dick Ebhardt. The rest of the party joined in, conveniently ignoring Clinton administration failures and the extensive pre-9-11 knowledge of their own members of congressional intelligence committees. It was the attack of the mattress rats, the top White House aide said bitterly. They were everywhere. Soon after Bush's chesty Mansfield room talk, Team Bush gathered itself and fought back hard, whacking the rats, as they put it. They dispatched Vice President Cheney to wave the patriotic flag at a political dinner in New York, where he warned critics not to make incendiary comments that are totally unworthy of national leaders in a time of war. The Bushies even took the unprecedented step of wheeling out Laura Bush to defend her husband. Traveling in Budapest, Hungary, Mrs. Bush stayed up late to watch a Condi Rice briefing. The next morning, the First Lady volunteered to reporters that it was very sad that people would play upon the victim's family's emotions or all Americans' emotions. The counteroffensive temporarily silenced most Democrats, but the Bush administration nevertheless found itself in a nightmarishly familiar Washington predicament, forced to issue statements without knowing what leaks might immediately undercut them. Investigative committees were demanding and getting access to thousands of potentially explosive documents, and bureaucrats suddenly were less interested in protecting the president than in protecting their own rears and reputations. Under the strain, the White House's vaunted message, discipline, and internal unity were falling apart. Privately, some hardliners criticized Press Secretary Ari Fleischer for confirming the basic substance of the August 6th memo when it was first reported by CBS. We should have piled up the sandbags and said, none of your business, it's highly classified, one insider grumbled. Others criticized Rice's briefing. She wasn't ready for prime time, huffed one staffer, that's for sure. Still others privately lamented the administration's failure to tell the public more, if not before 9-11, then immediately after. Some wished that Counselor Karen Hughes, who was traveling with Mrs. Bush and will soon be leaving the White House, was back at Spin Control Central. More urgently needed than a message leader is a message, said Republican pollster Frank Luntz. The topic, what people need to know and what for security reasons they can't be told. The public is confused about the relationship between national security and the flow of information from the government. He said, one minute they're being issued too many warnings, the next minute not enough. That might compromise the war effort, but they need to have a better uh, sense of what the limits are and why. But a habit of disclosure is not in the Bush genetic makeup. The son of a CIA chief, Bush has always preferred to operate with secrecy and surprise. Cheney sees Congress and the media as annoyances at best. This view was reinforced by the advent of war. More than ever, they tend to think that the public has a right to know only what the top guns think is worth telling them. But now, having said less than he should have last fall, Bush is going to have to say more than he wanted to this summer and perhaps for the rest of his presidency, writes Howard Feynman in Newsweek. 11.13 at 5.60, WQM. Here's one thing everybody should know, and that is if you don't sleep on a good quality mattress, you're going to wind up with a bad back, and you're going to wind up as a result feeling like crap. 
Where do you get a good mattress? Well, you can go to a bed in your department store and pay, uh, pay through the nose. You can waste a lot of time and gas and money. Or you can do the smart thing like I've been doing for years. Just sit right on your lazy fat ass and make one easy call to our good friends at Dial a Mattress. 1-800-MATTRESS. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. You'll be instantly connected to an expert betting consultant whose only job is to hook you up with the best brand name mattress under the sun at an unbeatable price. And we're talking the top brands in the world. Serta, Sealy, Simmons, and King Coil. And when you call Dial a Mattress at 1-800-MATTRESS, you pick the day and the two-hour window for delivery seven days a week. In other words, when it's convenient for you, any two-hour window, like between 1 and 3, 2 and 4, 3 and 5, etc. and so on. And don't forget, when you do business with Dial a Mattress, you also get a 30-day in-home comfort guarantee, so you can test the mattress the right way, the smart way, by sleeping on it. So if you want a great night's sleep for years and months to come, or is it the other way around, call Dial a Mattress today. They'll be there knocking on your door in no time at all. Call 1-800-MATTRESS, 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S, or check them out on the web. You know what I mean? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Hey, hang this up, baby. For that can't be beat, serve up a tasty treat with Uncle Ben's Well, woman, I sure is hungry now. What's on the blue plate for tonight, baby? Like all now I can't eat. We shouldn't report that Pakistan has just test-fired a third missile. You know, they did two over the weekend. They just did another one, just for the hell of it, and India's getting a little bit tense. And, of course, you do realize, what the hell's his name? Vajpashmata, whatever that is. <laughs> He's 77 years old and in failing health, so what the hell's he got to uh, lose, you know, at this point? So it's a little bit nerve-wracking, the fact that you've got... And, of course, if anybody doubts what I've always said, and George, the same thing about religion over the years, just take a look at this deal over there now. You've got not only got the Hindus against the Muslims... But you've got the Muslim fanatics against the non-fanatics, against the people who want to be, uh, you know, allowed to live out of the Stone Age, and then the Muslim fanatics who want to force them, just like the Taliban were doing to their people in Afghanistan, to live in the Stone Age and restrict this and restrict that, and uh, it's it's tragic. As you look all over these parts of the uh, desperate world, you see everybody. Uh, it all boils down to this religious group against that religious group. Everybody with a label. See, I prefer to consider myself, which it's a lot safer that way, like a uh, you know a citizen of the world. I'm walking around over there in Amsterdam, over there in the Rembrandt Plain, or the Damrak, or wherever the hell I'm. I'm like a citizen of the world. I live in Amsterdam. I live in Miami. I live in Toronto. I live around the world. You know what the hell difference does it make? What difference does it make? Now, when you talked about the Mike Piazza thing, yeah, did you read the actual column that the Post refused to print? No, we didn't read any columns, but we referred uh, to it. Joe did. Joe started that whole thing, by the way. Well, I mean, yeah, that you would have started it because it's gay banter. Right. It's gay. Right. And you wouldn't have talked about that. Plus, you don't know Mike Piazza from uh, Tony's Pizza. Who's that? 
Now, what did you just say? I said, who's that? Oh. Did I See, that, that was the one time I couldn't hear you because you were you were mumbling that time. We're on the same wavelength here, but now you were mumbling. Eric says he's hearing me cut out too, but I don't know how that can be. I, I just I think that's what just happened right there for just. But you know something? I don't care because believe me and and leave it to Eric. Hey Eric, why don't you give us the good news? Okay, stop being such a sourpuss just because us fat people tend to be sour people because we hate the fact that we look in the mirror and we see that we're so fat and ugly and grotesque and got these big hanging blobs of fat that are killing us and uh, restricting all of our goddamn uh, uh, organs. And there's nothing worse than having a restricted organ, especially at the goddamn uh, senior prom. Still, still got no response about that. Did we have any no. calls about that? I don't that? think anybody down here saw any of those of uh, the video that you're talking about, which I wish I could see. God, you'd have gone nuts. I mean, these kids were like you talk about dirty dancing in, in your wildest disco that you can imagine on South Beach in a night of ecstasy-filled, uh, acid-induced. Wild, dirty dancing. You have never seen anything wilder and more uh, suggestive than what these kids were doing at their senior proms at these uh, at least four or five high schools. It's different... no big deal. I, I didn't say it was a big deal. Well, why are you into that too, Robert? You're going to be doing some uh, dirty dancing in the middle he of the show? He drops a lot of ecstasy and does dirty dancing down on South Beach. That's right. Well, so what's wrong with pills. that? Anyway, go to some Schwarzer Fest this last weekend. Forget about that. Anyway, so uh, now which one of these should I do first? I guess I'll read this one. Well, see, that's right, because you don't do reading, because you don't read well, first I can't of all. Read right. You notice how good my reading is today? It's great. It's sensational today. And you know why? Because I just came back from vacation. See, these people will say I take too many vacations and they get pissed off when I'm not there, and because they hate George or Joe or whoever, just because they're generally pissed off. Uh, guess what? If I had a lot more vacations, this show would be sensational. In fact, I think 50 weeks of vacation a year and two weeks of work sounds great. Oh! Yeah, sounds excellent to me. And what Greg Reed doesn't understand at this point is, see, he thinks he's, I gave him back some vacation in August. I gave him back a little vacation in What he doesn't realize is I'm on vacation for seven and a half months. Oh! Yeah. Like right now. I'm doing a show, but guess what? The way I look at it, I'm still on vacation. Because <laughs> you're not here. That's right. Man, it's like it's like dying and going to heaven. This is like paradise. And that's why from the very beginning, those assholes who said, oh, well, we don't like the tone of the show. The tone is awful. Right, because Neil isn't pissed off and unhappy. We can't share our misery and suffering. We can't heap our unhappiness and our misery upon him because he's not here with us. Going to those stupid hockey games. Screw that, you know. I want to go to a hockey game. I'll go pay two grand for a goddamn ticket tonight in the nosebleed at the ACC. Although I think I'll sit here and watch it on TV for free, thank you, in the comfort of my living room, as opposed to the Air Canada Center, which needs some help. You can, I'll tell you one thing, and I don't care what anybody tells me. You can't complain about the atmosphere in the Air Canada Center because there isn't any. But you got to understand, these athletes, they got to make their millions and millions, and we got to pay uh, make a hell of a lot more money so Steve Stavro can afford to pay Cujo and bring him back next year, which he damn well better do it, and Matt Sundin, and all these other guys, and we got to pay them the big bucks. Anyway, what was I just talking about? The fact that I feel so good after a great vacation right. in Amsterdam, and, you were trying and to I'm take still on vacation? One article and another. John Altavilla writes, now what is this from? Oh, this is from uh, the Hartford Current. This is May 23rd. Now, what's the date, uh, the 20th? So this is the last Tuesday. This this all happened just a few days ago, which is why Rimmer called me up breathlessly pop, 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 about this story. And then, of course, give me a song and dance about how George spent half the show talking about his uh, battle with Greg Reed and about Moe and this and that, which, of course, was uh, just slightly exaggerated. 
a tad. Yeah. Get a life, Rimmer. In fact, you know something? I, my best suggestion to Rimmer is this. Burn your radio right now, right in the middle of my show. You know, you don't get any diaries anyway. Plus, we got that one guy that don't want to put me down because he hates George. Anyway, Mike, uh, John, whatever this guy's name is, current staff writer, writes, The sight of Mike Piazza denying unsubstantiated rumors that he's gay seemed to make everyone uncomfortable Tuesday in Philadelphia, and the squirming hasn't stopped. He's squirming as the gay batter continues. You're gay. I'm heterosexual, Piazza said. I can't control what people think. I can say <clears throat> I'm heterosexual. I date women. I don't see a need to address it any further. I date women. That's what Al Rantel used to say, too. On Monday, a lot, and I, I don't, I don't know, and I don't care. Okay, Mike Piazza does nothing for me. If he's gay, more power to him. If he's straight, all I would say is like, stand up straight and stop squatting down all the time. Although, on Monday, a line in the gossip column by the New York Post, Neil Travis said a Met star was thinking about coming out of the closet. There's a persistent rumor around town that one of the Met stars who spends a lot of time with pretty models and clubs is actually gay and has started to think about declaring his sexual orientation. Travis wrote. And from the moment the paper hit the streets, the st uh, 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 there's a great line that goes in there, but it's not there. The Schmidt hit the fan should be the next line, don't you think? Yeah. The story began to take on a bizarre life of its own. It says, including a long run on New York's talk radio circuit, I'll bet. Maybe the media needs to grow up someday instead of minding other people's business, Mets manager Bobby Valentine said Wednesday. Reckless journalism, Mets GM Steve Phillips said. Veteran post-sports columnist Wallace Matthews, angered by the Travis story, wrote a column that the paper refused to publish without content changes. In the column, Matthews asserted Piazza's right to privacy and was critical of the post. On Wednesday, Matthews posted his unedited column on several Internet sites, which I have one here, including sportsjournalist.com. I always knew the paper had no integrity, Matthews said on the website. Later, the post fired Matthews. It is best to tread lightly, lest someone come peering into your windows next, Matthews wrote in his column. That's why the kind of journalism perpetrated in Monday's post is abhorrent, as are the McCarthy-like tactics of homosexual groups that deliberately out celebrities and athletes under the premise of exposing hypocrisy. ESPN Radio that he was no longer working for the post. I'm through with them, but I'm not sure if they're through with me, Matthews said. Post Sports Editor Greg Gallo referred questions to a post spokeswoman. In light of Matthews' derogatory comments and insubordination, post-management felt it was no longer appropriate for him to continue in the paper's employee statement. Said Valentine said professional baseball players would not be phased by a gay teammate. A couple of females, uh, women athletes, if they could play, Valentine said. And then, of course, regretted those comments. You're gay. Yeah. So after the break, I'll read the uh, column by Wallace Matthews that the Post wouldn't print. Which really is not a big deal. But, you know, I guess the Post is just so uptight, they can't take any goddamn criticism. And I like the New York Post. Like a lot of the columnists for the Post. But, uh, you know, just the way it is. 27 after the hour. Oh, jeez. At 560 WQM. You know, I don't have any champion light. Oh, no. I just mentioned that in passing. I come back from vacation and I, shot, and I thought for sure there would be, like, cartons and cartons of champion light here just waiting for me. And, you know, that's the way it goes. I don't want to be a freeloader, but why the hell not? Anyway, I love Champion Light, and you will, too, because they've improved the taste. It comes in six delicious flavors right now. Orange, lemon, lime, grapefruit punch, and the brand new, uh, what do they call it? Blue, um... Blue raspberry? Blue no. raspberry and lemonade. See, I'm away so long, I forget what it's all about. I do know with this, there's no crap in it. Unlike all the other sports drinks that are loaded with sugar and with carbohydrates and calories and crap, you won't find any crap at all in Champion Light. It tastes good, and it's good for it at the same time. No sugar, no carbohydrates, no calories. Like I said, no swill. Pick it up at your favorite store. Now, let's see. Do I have the right stuff here from P.D. Lenny, which I doubt? Uh, no. That's 
That's age, age old. If you want to find a store nearest you that carries Champion Light, call up Petey Lenny on his cell phone. I'll give out the number in a minute. Or look up on the website, Champion Light. L- Cincinnati Reds. Game one tonight. Coverage gets underway at 630. Uh-huh. Sports Radio 560 QAM. Neil Young. Coming up tonight on Inside the Behind the True Hollywood Celebrity Music Biography Profile Story, we take a good, hard, stiff look into stardom. He was an Indonesian born of Dutch parents who had his only hit with a remake of an American song which he recorded in Germany. Was this guy f***ed up or what? We're talking about Taco. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Oh, I love him, but it's extremely hard to find information on Taco. Indeed. Oh, I love him, but it's extremely hard to find information on Taco. Indeed, our own search for Taco proved fruitless until it finally bore fruit in Jim, who runs the only known Taco fan website in the world. I want people to know they don't have to be ashamed to visit my site. If you love Taco, you found a home here. Jim also runs Taco support groups for the miserable, hideous freaks who actually copped to liking this crappy singer and his crappy song. Hi, my name is Beth, and I'm a taco fan. Hi, Beth! How do I explain Taco's contribution to this whole oeuvre of synth-pop versions of Irving Berlin tunes? Where are you, Taco? Please let us know where you are, and, and if you're listening, I just want to thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. You did such a wonderful thing for Oh, and uh, please click on the links to my sponsors. Help keep my website free. What a bunch of crap. Give me the young Frankenstein version any day. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Ah, that's better. It's a big, juicy, sopping wet look at show business. Tonight on Inside the Behind. So whatever happened to Marty Feldman, is he still dead? Still dead. Oh. 11.32 at 5.60 WQAM. Here's uh, Wallace Matthews column, the one that the New York Post wouldn't print and that they fired his ass over. Bobby Valentine may turn out to be everything he thinks he is, he says. Baseball genius, restaurant innovator, all-around renaissance man. But on one issue, he's wrong, dead wrong. Major League Baseball is not ready to accept an openly gay player, as he told Details Magazine in the upcoming issue, nor is the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, the PGA, the USTA, or professional boxing. If they were, Mike Piazza would not have found himself thrust into the awkward position of having to address rumors concerning his sexuality before the start of last night's Mets-Phillies game. If the fans were ready, the Mets wouldn't care if it became known that their entire roster was made up of gays, because it wouldn't matter. And the rest of society, if the rest of society were ready, I wouldn't be writing this column right now. You'd think that by now, two years past the millennium, and in a country that considers itself sophisticated, the sexuality of an individual would no longer be an issue. And yet, by what happened last night, we're reminded that it's still a very big issue indeed. Every time we start to believe we live in a mature society, something like this comes along to remind us we really aren't that far removed from the frat house or the schoolyard or the kiddie park. Valentine's comments to detail sparked an irresponsible blind item in Monday's post in which a gossip columnist reprinted a rumor concerning an unnamed Met. The gossip columnist then acknowledged that he was unable to substantiate any part of the rumor. He printed it anyway. The gossip statements avowing his heterosexuality were in direct response to that item, but in truth there was no reason to print the item and even less reason for the Mets to respond to it. 
whose business is it anyway what a player does off the field or who he sleeps with or what kind of car he drives or what kind of a dog he owns. The only time a player's personal life becomes an issue is when it can be shown to be affecting his performance on the field. Even then, it is best to tread lightly, lest someone come peering into your windows next. That's why the kind of journalism perpetrated in Monday's post is wrong, as are the McCarthy-like tactics of homosexual groups that deliberately out celebrities and athletes under the premise that to keep one's homosexuality a secret is somehow hypocritical. Doesn't anyone understand the meaning of words like privacy or modesty or discretion anymore? Perhaps Piazza, who is probably the most approachable and accommodating athlete at his level in any sport, felt it was best to lay this story to rest by addressing it head-on, so to speak. Maybe the Mets, worried about negative publicity and a renewed whispering campaign, put Piazza up to it. If so, they committed an unspeakable injustice to a good guy. Either way, it demonstrates that we have a long way to go before we're truly ready to accept people for what they are. Judging by the feeding frenzy that greeted Piazza last night at the vet, it seems that the first openly gay male athlete, whoever it happens to be, will face the kind of abuse no athlete has faced since Jackie Robinson wiped out the color line in 1947. In fact, it may be even worse. Robinson mainly had to worry about white racists. Whoever chooses to come out will likely face homophobia that crosses into every race, creed, color, and ethnic group. It'll take a person of incredible courage and resilience to, to make such a stand. Now, can you tell me what's wrong with that article? Nothing. Besides, he's critical of his own newspaper for putting that thing in there in the first place. But, but I mean, uh, that article, it seems to me, makes a lot of sense. Uh -huh. Yeah, I was waiting for something, I don't know, bold or... No. No, and he, get, he gets canned over it because he wouldn't edit it. He wouldn't change it to uh, accommodate them at the post. Post is what I say. Oh! At any rate. More gay banter, by the way. That's a problem with this show. Make no mistake about it. We just surveyed 50,000 individuals over on Church Street here in Toronto. They said lots more gay banter. That's what we want. Day Times in the UK, no less. Well, you know, it's such a shame that the papers in South Florida suck so bad. I never realized, I Tell always knew it. it, but I never realized it quite as much as I do now. Why do you think some of us don't bother? Oh, man. I wouldn't wipe my ass with either of those rags. Even if I was in one of those French toilets, you know, where you squat over the hole in the ground? <laughs> Can't get over that. I, 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 they told me about this. We're sitting there in, in Peter's office, and we're having a conversation, and I'm paying him my rent and whatever. And we're having this conversation. Oh, there's the Pope and the President, boy, a match made in heaven. Talk about the blind leading the dumb, or how does that go? Oh, sorry, Robert. Robert gets very upset about that. When you bash the Pope? Yeah. He likes his schmata. Thanks, Amica. Yeah. Look, look at that. He can't, he can't even stand up. The man can't even stand up. He's hunched over, and he's got his head down like he's uh, looking for something. Believe me, it's not there, Papa. Trust me. It used to be. Yeah. I could have been a contender. Anyway, exposed Al-Qaeda's rest camp. This is from the Sunday Times in London by Tony Allen Mills in Washington. This is going to make you pissed off. The interrogation of Taliban and al-Qaeda detainees at the American military base in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, has turned into a politically correct farce because of Washington's fear of the human rights lobby, according to a unique insider's account. Overreacting to the initial outcry at the apparently tough conditions in the Camp X-ray Detention Center, with its images of cages, chains, and kneeling prisoners, and rumors of truth dogs and sensory deprivation, the Pentagon has set up a kid-glove regime. Suspected terrorists are allowed to treat their captors with derision, lying, chanting the Koran in unison, mocking and threatening guards, and throwing water at them. Americans are under orders not to react roughly. They even transport prisoners in golf carts. Guantanamo has been nicknamed Eggshell City by interrogators 
because of the political sensitivities of dealing with 384 captives from more than 30 countries, among them at least seven British citizens. In the first breach of the military secrecy shrouding the interrogation process, William Tierney, an Arabic speaker who spent six weeks as an uh, interpreter at Camp X-Ray, revealed the combination of inexperienced interrogators and stifling political correctness that has hampered efforts to extract intelligence about al-Qaeda. The Guantanamo interrogation team is led by veteran CIA, FBI, military intelligence agents. Oh, that, you know, that would have been a good one for our uh, poll, you know. What's that? FBI intelligence. Oh. Oh, no, that's right. We're, we're not doing uh, not oxymorons. oxymorons. That's, yeah. The Guantanamo interrogation team is led by veteran CIA, FBI, and military intelligence agents, but the sheer volume of work has forced the Pentagon to recruit outside linguists with little wartime experience, Tierney said. One interrogator is an Army reservist whose previous experience was questioning passengers at San Francisco Airport. Another, a young woman, was a good linguist but was treated with contempt by the Islamic militant inmates. American authorities took so many measures to avoid criticism by human rights groups that a Marine guard was removed because prisoners complained he was too rough. A visiting U.S. general reassured a group of prisoners, we don't want anyone to say we're mistreating you. After prisoners complained that leg irons cut and bruised them if they walked any distance, American officers arranged for them to be wheeled to and from their interrogations on stretcher-like trolleys. But a television crew spotted a prostate prisoner, one of the Britons, being wheeled back to his cell and suggested he might have suffered a beating. The trolleys were promptly replaced with motorized golf carts. Tierney, a Gulf War veteran, declined to, decided to speak out after losing his job in a long-running dispute with the Pentagon. He claimed that standard interrogation techniques were making little progress against al-Qaeda militants trained in countermeasures. Good cop, bad cop routine with a Saudi detainee's trust. To win a Saudi detainee's trust, the lead interrogator feigned a fit of temper and stormed out of the room, leaving Tierney to sympathize with the prisoner and trying to ingratiate himself by talking about life in Riyadh. It didn't work, of course, he said. Other sources supported Tierney's account of an intelligence effort hamstrung by bureaucratic breakdowns and political pressures. The experience on interrogations has been miserable, a disaster from the very beginning, said a congressional intelligence source. A senior military officer concluded, We haven't scratched the surface in getting things out of these folks that we need. Lieutenant Colonel Dennis Fink, a spokesman for the interrogation team, acknowledged yesterday that interrogating hardline Islamic militants was a very tedious task, a very long, slow process. He insisted, however, that there was no hurry and that everything is going fine. The seventh Briton to be incarcerated at Guantanamo Bay was identified yesterday as Tarek Dergul, 24, a former care worker from East London. He was transferred to the camp with 31 other prisoners at the start of the month after being captured in Afghanistan. The son of a retired baker from Morocco, Dergul was born in Britain and grew up in Bethnal Green, east of London, in East London. He attended a Roman Catholic secondary school despite being a practicing Muslim. He traveled to Pakistan last summer to learn Arabic and had then moved on to Afghanistan. His mother, Rahana, said yesterday, I still don't understand what's happened. As a mother, I'm heartbroken. I love my son, but I was horrified when I learned that he had gone to Afghanistan. I'm a Muslim, and I took him to mosque, but we're not fundamentalists. I don't support the Taliban or al-Qaeda, and I don't think he does, but who the hell knows. How do you like that? We're doing it there, baby. Oh! Not. We're doing it. Kid gloves, golf carts. Yeah. Arnie Palmer would be proud, no question about that. 19 till noon at 560 WQAM, if you're looking in the mirror and wondering where it went. Where did that hair go? Bob Bond looked in the mirror. He said, you know, that goal on that broken leg was very exciting in overtime in 1967. But I look in the mirror and I see that gigantic bald spot. Where did it go? The puck went in the net and my hair went down the drain. If you're having the same problem, if you've got that male pattern baldness that God is afflicting so many men with, Charles Alfieri can do a job for you. 
Charlie, who's appeared as a guest on Good Morning America and the Today Show. He's got the latest technology that provides sensational results for guys who want their hair back and the most amazing-looking natural hairline in the world. So if you want to look natural, if you want it to look like it's your real hair growing out of your scalp, as opposed to those silly people who waddle around with those mousy-looking pieces on their head, here's the deal. Call Charlie Alfieri. Mention the Rogers will knock $200 off the regular price, by the way, for all QAM listeners. Call 1-800-321-2413. There's no obligation. They bring you in, they sit you down and show you just how much better and younger they can help you guys look. Better than you ever thought you'd look again. Call 1-800-321-2413 and get your hair back from Charles Alfieri. Or check out his website at www.st. Bernard. The Mad Dog. Weekdays at 1 on Sports Radio 560. QAM. You're a bastard. Oh! In a place that smells just like a bad day at the zoo. Lick the stuff back, dressed in drag, that drink and bring me to yeah. If you wanna bring the circle, then lay them to an end. It seems all you gotta do is just ask CNN, yeah. Ooh, why it was asked what sound you could tell about a Eight girls, but don't wear pants, that's a tell about Oh, look at this. we got a press conference coming up shortly on the cause of death for Shauna Levy. I think she done herself in, don't you? Well, somehow. I think she took that jogging suit, tied herself up in knots in the suit, and then just started rolling as hard as she could downhill into a tree, fractured her skull, and then just lay there and rotted until they found uh, the pieces. Are we going to carry it? He's talking. Oh, yeah, right now. We're positively identified by the office of the chief medical examiner as those of Chandra and Levy. He looks Jewish to me. was done by comparison of dental x-rays. Oh, he's not. Her death has been certified today by this office. The cause of death has been certified as undetermined, and the manner of death has been certified as homicide. In this Oy. case, there was not specific, excuse me, sufficient evidence to ascertain conclusively the specific injury that caused her death. However, the circumstances of her disappearance and her body of recovery are indicative that she died through the acts of another person, which is the definition of a homicidal manner of death. I will not comment specifically on the details of the ongoing law enforcement investigation. By way of background, let me share with you some basic definitions. Please. Cause of death is the specific disease or injury that leads to the death of the person. The manner of death is the explanation of how the cause occurred, the choices being natural, accident, suicide, homicide, or undetermined. Prior to this press conference, I spoke with Mr. Billy Martin, the attorney for the Levy family. I disclosed these results to him and offered my condolences to the Levy family. Thank you. I'll take a few questions now. Doctor, at this time, there are no other tests ongoing. If any such tests become necessary or applicable, then we will deal with that as, as the need arises. Doctor, what sort of test did you do? One at a time, please. Doctor, what sort of test did you do, and why was it difficult to, to come to a, a cause? Okay. <clears throat> 
the tests that we did really were examination of the skeletonized remains. Uh, it was a physical examination uh, in which I was uh, assisted by the forensic anthropologists from the Smithsonian institutions. Uh, <clears throat> as I said, when there is insufficient evidence of a specific disease or injury uh, to arrive at a conclusion, conclusion, then one has to go with the undetermined cause. Thanks, Doctor. Dr. Jonathan Arden, D.C. Medical Examiner. He's the best, baby. By the way, something. Oh, crap. Yeah. What? Oh, never mind. Play the bit. No. What was what? If there was ever any doubt about the delay or lack thereof, you're playing the audio and I'm watching the video and his lips were moving along with the audio, so there is absolutely no delay from you to hear. Oh! How do you like that? I like it a lot. In other words, we're on the same wavelength. Let's hear it. Wolf dressed in a suit. Still got it. Congressman or male prostitute. Boy! Rides around in his limo without wearing pants. If you start dating him, it's a hell of a chance. It'll change your whole life. He'll tell you he loves you but won't leave his wife. Then he flips, does it OJ, and whips out a knife. That's what it's like if you are Gary's girl. God help you if you're Gary's girl. Then poof, you're gone. You're gone just like that. All the women say, Condit's a Clinton protege. If he writes down your name in his little black book, they might pull you from the river on the end of a hook. He'll change your life. He'll tell you he loves you but won't leave his wife. Then he flips, does it OJ, and whips out a knife. That's what it's like if you are Gary's girl. God help you if you're Gary's girl. Then poof, you're gone. See, I hope this doesn't take all the fun out of this for the American public, because including myself, we want him to have been involved, you know? If he oh, didn't do it personally himself. Oh, don't we want him to have done it? Uh -huh. Oh, Absolutely. please, please. Oh, yeah, because otherwise it takes all the fun. I mean, if it's just as deranged, that 20-year-old, whatever the hell that guy's name was. What was his name? I don't know. You know the guy that uh, tried to rape the two other uh, women but was very inept, and they both got away in the same park? Oh, I thought there was a genuine serial killer, like two or three people have actually died. Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not, because I'm not reading any more about that now. But they're, they're uh, interrogating the guy that they got into custody again. What the hell is his name? I don't know. I'm thinking Guadalupe, Uke, uh, some, some Julio, I don't know. Anyway, our poll we're asking today, which of these phrases or expressions is, are, is uh, be the most redundant? We have 229 votes. That's kind of weak, you know, that 229 for this time. Let's see, Eric got this up like about 1030. Kind of weak. I'm just judging, you know, based on this. Cheap old Jew, which, of course, was my favorite, 51. George did it. Uh, religious fanatic, 38. Dumb redneck, 33. Boring baseball game, 27. Pedophile priest, 19. Cheap French Canadian, 18. Schwarzer cracked addict and the Jew-hating Arab are tied at 13. Hysterical old Julio, 12. Silly Brit, 5. And no rude Dutchman. So I guess what that tells you is that nobody in this audience has ever been to Amsterdam. Maybe even my friend Hans ain't listening today. Anyway, getting back to the Taliban, can we do that? Okay. Another depressing story for the New York Times today. Virtually the entire senior leadership of al-Qaeda and the Taliban have been driven out of eastern Afghanistan and are now operating with as many as a, as a thousand non-Afghan fighters in the anarchic tribal areas of western Pakistan, the commander of American-led forces in Afghanistan said today. 
The commander, Major General Franklin L. Hagenbach, said in an interview that intelligence reports indicated that the Qaeda and Taliban leaders now in Pakistan were plotting terrorist attacks, including car and suicide bombings, to disrupt the selection of a new national government in Kabul next month. We know that they're there and they have a capability of doing harm to this country, General Hagenbach said. Our job is to deny them the freedom of movement and sanctuary. Though he suggested two months ago that the coalition forces might cross the border in pursuit of al-Qaeda and Taliban fighters, General Hagenbach said today that he did not expect that to happen, largely because Pakistan had developed its own plans to drive al-Qaeda and the Taliban from their mountain sanctuaries. Right. But he echoed a concern voiced in Washington that tensions between India and Pakistan over Kashmir could delay Pakistani military operations in the tribal areas. The Pakistan government said last week that it intended to move some of its troops from the Afghan border to the Kashmir region. General Hagenbeck also said several recent raids on compounds in southern Afghanistan, the Taliban's spiritual base, have been intended to break up groups that have been plotting terrorist attacks against coalition forces and their Afghan allies. Residents of those villages have asserted that the American forces were mistaken about the presence of terrorist groups and say innocent people have been killed or taken into custody in the raids. General Hagenbach, the commander of the Army's 10th Mountain Division, would not say whether Pakistan had begun pulling back troops from the border. But he expressed confidence that President Pervez Musharraf of Pakistan would fulfill a pledge to eliminate the al-Qaeda and Taliban sanctuaries in the travel region, which historically has resisted the rule of Islamabad. I have no concern that they're not going to do what they said they'll do, General Hagenbach said in his office at this former Soviet base, now the headquarters for more than 10,000 Allied troops in Afghanistan. They're interested in ridding western Pakistan of al-Qaeda. He added, with what's currently going on in India, I don't know what the timing's going to be. That's the problem. In other words, they got their plate is full. Yeah. Hear that expression? Kind of like the Beast used to use that expression all the time before it got on balance for life. My plate is full. Wasn't full for long. How's he doing, by the way? Are we getting any updates? Is he still alive? No, as a matter of fact, we would love to hear from him and how he's doing. Yeah, we're concerned about you, Beast. Do you believe that? No. He said he just woke up dizzy this morning. I see. Maybe he's cool. got that uh, viral thing, you know, in London they had, this, that some of the troops were getting in Afghanistan, that viral infection. Mad cow? people in some... No, not mad cow. Jesus, God. Although, you know something? When you look at the Beast, you kind of think of, like, either man cow or mad cow. Man hog. Here's one that says, I realize you just read Matthew's column. I don't know if you've seen the other stuff from the Post and from Matthew's. Uh, I faxed you what was legible. There were two other little articles that came along with that fax, and they were uh, illegible. Oh, I see. There was, uh, uh, I already, I just got through reading this. But thanks anyway, Lauren. Thank you very much. I just got through reading this exact same thing, which he says you did, but he faxed to me. Did this come before I read that? No. <laughs> Oh, I dropped my pen, damn it. Uh-oh. Oh, no. And you know what? What? It's gone. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ah. Oh. oh, man, am I dizzy. Like I just got to crawl around on the floor and get my pen. I don't want to leave it laying there. I'll forget about it, okay? Forget about it. I'm not going to forget about it. So thank you very much for Wallace Matthews that he got fired from the post. That's pathetic. I thought this was supposed to be America. Uh -huh. I thought that's what this was all about. But I guess at the New York Post they don't believe in America, and they certainly don't believe in freedom of speech. New York is getting confused with South Florida, where we know we don't have freedom of speech. God. Hey, it's springtime again, and that means one thing. It's time to eliminate your carpets of the dirt, the germs, the dust. To make a long story short, there's a word that covers all of those things. Schmutz. If you want to get the schmutz out of your carpets that can cause allergies and they just don't look all that good in the first place, call the experts at Dry Concepts. I've been using them in my house for uh, over 20 years now. God, it's unbelievable. A long time. They've been around a long time, too, and the reason for that being... 
that because they do such a stupendous job, people wouldn't even dream, if they ever used Rock Concepts, they wouldn't dream of calling anybody else, and you shouldn't either. Rock Concepts technicians are schooled and certified by the Institute of Inspection, Cleaning, and Restoration. They give you a written guaranteed uh, price before they start doing a job. You can't beat them with a stick. You can clean today, entertain tonight, because your carpet's dry just two hours after they finish the job. So don't be fooled by those rip-off artists, those 599 specials that leave your carpet soaked for days, and then, like I said, tack on a gigantic bill at the end of the job. Treat yourself and your carpets to a spring cleaning today in Broward County. Call Dry Concepts at 954-370-7778. 954-370-7778. Date or Palm Beach, call them toll-free. 1-800-248-5071. 1-800-248-5071. Don't forget, guaranteed written price up front, a stupendous job every time, and a big smile on your face when they finish the job. Dry concepts. Clean. We are the men and women of the United States Navy. The Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Hi, this is Steve Goldstein, but you can call me Geldy. Whenever I'm in town, I listen to... Wait a minute, I am in town. It's the 12th to 1 hour. Stop! Twelve oh one at five sixty WQAM. Wow, that just ends. What? That bit just dumps right out, doesn't it? Hello. I'm here. I'm just uh, leaving a long pause, a pregnant pause. Oh. Yeah, it just uh, kind of like ends, just like that other one. All of a sudden, like. What was that other one that I uh, played before? The uh, Dion Warwick one. Right. Just like fades out, like, and that's it. Anyway, dog thrown to his death. Barricaded man tosses his uh, dog from 23rd floor. This is... Sickening. I think what we ought to do is take the guy and toss him from the 23rd floor. Don't you see, like, tit for tat? You can't say tat. Melanie Lefkowitz, staff writer for Newsday, writes this. I love that name, Melanie Lefkowitz. Isn't that a wonderful name? Cutting out again. What do you mean by that? I just missed the last two, three words you said. Two or three words? Yeah, it was a long one that time. You see, what this all boils down to, and I wasn't going to get into this. I'm, uh, don't let me forget my dog story. I got it right here. I was thinking this during this last break, and that is that if this thing would have been done properly, they had since back in October, October, 
I don't want to start bellyaching about engineering or management on the air any more than usual, so I'll just do it the usual. They had all of that time. I rented this place back in the first week in November. You're following this? November of last year? So they had all of November, all of December, all of January, all of February. They had four long, ponderous, freaking months to get this thing put together, which the engineers from up here, by the way, in Toronto, did a beautiful job of building it and et cetera and so on and installing all of the stuff that was shipped up here to them. But, and then coming up here like maybe 10 days ahead of time, as opposed to like 10 minutes before the show when they were still crawling around on their hands and knees here, Bob Vermouth and Pat Julio, which I'm not blaming them, but the fact of the matter is this should have been done well ahead of time, and then we could iron all these bugs out instead of doing a show for three months and then realizing that we're not even in sync. Oh, sorry about that, Brittany. Yeah. Who the hell wants to be in sync? Apparently. No, no, seriously. We're, it would take us three months to figure that out. And then, of course, these other bugs with the dropouts and whatever, I'm sure that those can be worked out. But this should all, could all have been done before ever the first show was done from here. So what I'm suggesting, since it's the 28th of freaking May, and since the uh, 9th of July is supposed to be my first broadcast from uh, Amsterdam, since we've got all of that time, one would have hoped that the mistakes of this mess, of this very sad experiment, have been learned by management. And, of course, management don't really give a crap as long as we get something on the air and run the spots. That's all they care about is getting and hoping that there's some big ratings there, you know, by, by some miracle without any promotion. But that's all they care about. But I would hope that maybe our people in, in engineering might have a little bit more uh, something than that, a little bit more pride. Although when you're working for Beasley, it's hard to have any pride. See, you got me going on that crap again. Sorry. Troublemaker. I'm sure it's just atmospheric. Yeah. No, it's, it's not atmospheric. What the hell would that have to do with it? Anyway, Julio's here, and he's going to work on it after the show. He can't do anything while... Well, of course, hey, listen, don't mess with success, man, right now. While we're, we're doing this well right now, and Julio knows damn well what he and I went through yesterday for like uh, about two hours of crapping around, him with a phone company on the phone, and me crawling around here on, on the floor... On my hands and knees. Even Mike Piazza never spent so much time on his knees. How do you like that? You're going to start picking Mike Piazza again? Not me. Who's making like about 13 million a year? Wouldn't you think if you're making 13 million a year, you'd open up a mouth too? I guess after maybe another couple of years, then he'll come out. A man horrified a high rise filled with dog lovers yesterday when he barricaded himself inside his ex girlfriend's 23rd floor apartment in Manhattan and tossed everything he could think of out the window, including a beloved mixed terrier named Ribsy. After a two-hour standoff, police removed the knife-wielding man, John Jefferson, I'm sure no relation to George, 43, from the Tribeca building at 12.30 p.m., and took him to Bellevue Hospital Center for a psychiatric evaluation. How do you like that? Speaking of our engineering problems... I hate this place! Nothing works here! No. The medications don't work! No. I've been here for seven years! Nothing works here. Yeah, Bellevue Bryan, no less. Anyway, Jefferson was charged with robbery, reckless endangerment, possession of a weapon, and as a felony, cruelty to animals. By the time police officers had broken down the door to Eugenia Miller's apartment, Jefferson had tossed Ribsy along with an air conditioner, computer, TV set, closet full of clothing, and several other items to a concrete plaza 23 stories below. Ribsy, a male terrier, was 17 years old. It should have been you, a neighbor yelled at Jefferson of 520 Gates Avenue in Bedford-Stuyvesant as police let him away. You should have jumped instead. Several residents of the building, 80 North Moore Street, were drawn to their windows by the commotion and watched as the dog plummeted to its death. 
It went right by me. I had to look twice, said Barbara Barilla. She returned from a walk with her Shetland sheepdog named Taylor. You heard the computers go down. All the clothing started coming down. Who would have thought the dog was coming down? I started screaming, the dog. My husband thought I meant this dog. Neighbor said Miller, who's 41 and recently suffered a heart attack, dated Jefferson for several years, and they at one time were engaged to be married. But she recently told Jefferson, who neighbors said has a crack habit, to leave. There we go, Widow Schwartz is in the crack again, man. Just like Oprah with her big fat Rectum. crack problem. There was a lot of strife in the family, said Sharon Azar, who lives in a nearby townhouse and is an animal rescuer. I'm horrified. I used to talk to him and saw, saw that he loved Ribsy. He really did. And he was getting his life together. He just had a little crack problem. Police said Miller filed a complaint against Jefferson on Friday night, saying he broke into her apartment. But when he returned about 10 a.m. yesterday, police said she let him in, meaning Saturday. He then pulled out a knife and began threatening her, police said. She and another neighbor who heard her screaming called 911, and when emergency service unit police officers first knocked on the door, Miller was able to escape, police said. Relatives, neighbors, and Miller's church pastor rallied around her, at first trying to protect her from what, uh, uh, hearing what happened to Riley, Ribsy, cautioning everyone in the building. I thought it said Rick Riley. Cautioning everyone in the building not to mention it until they could figure out how to break the news. I don't even know what happened, said Stan Miller, Miller's teenage nephew whom she raised. Stan Miller, uh, taking care of the dog since it was a puppy, added, I just have to be with my mother now. Azar and others brought Ribsy's body to a local veterinarian after police were done investigating. He'll be buried or cremated after a memorial ceremony, depending on the family's wishes. How do you like that, huh? It's horrible. Some uh, cr uh, crack-induced schwarzer there, and I hate being redundant, takes and throws all this other crap out the window, and then a 17-year-old dog. And, of course, knowing that there's some people out there always try to look on the bright side, they'll say, well, he was 17, how much longer did he have anyway, right? At least it wasn't a puppy. I mean, I'm not, I'm not undermining it being the dog lover that I am, but you see, if you try to look on the bright side, see what I'm saying? Still. No, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not minimizing. It's grotesque, and this son of a bitch, this crack-addicted piece of turd, there are few things in the world that bug me more than crack people. The sick people, the obsessive people, and they take their goddamn little crack pipes and they potchke around and they fart around and they're lighting and they're crawling around on the goddamn floor, no matter where the hell you run into them, and they're looking for, oh, man. Rock tell, tell them to go to Gibraltar. That's where they'll find a rock. Crack schwarzers. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's unacceptable. Debate about that? No. No. How's that doing on our uh, poll, by the way? Not that good, either. Not all that good. Schwarzer crack addicts only got 15 votes out of 266. They got, got one for Rude Dutchman, though, finally. Oh, we got one for Rude Dutchman. Must be Hans. Oh! Finally got, got on there. Hey, I'm back, Hans. The coast is clear. No more of that heterosexual banter, okay? We're back to the gay banter that the uh, community loves and is uh, familiar with. A couple of church stories here that we ought to do this hour since we haven't done really any church stuff. I've been waiting. Probably disappointed the people out there probably figuring, oh boy, he goes off to Amsterdam and he's going to let us down with all our church stuff. Well, let me do the break, then we'll do a little church stuff. Then we got Kathy Lee throws Frank out of the bedroom. <laughs> Is that from the Inquirer? Of course. Haven't seen that yet. Superhero Nation. In, t in uh, touch with your thing about Spider-Man and Superman and all of these things. Aspirin, the oldest new wonder drug. What I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do this one first, right after the break, because I know you hate broccoli. Ew. Well, guess what? <laughs> guess what? What? Two things. Number one, I love broccoli, and number two, it's even better for you than we thought. 
I know it's really good for you. And anybody who doesn't like, like, say, broccoli, do you ever get, like, the, 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 I guess not, but, like, the frozen packages like broccoli or cauliflower with cheese sauce? I've seen them around. It's good stuff. You can have my portion. Okay. I love broccoli. When I was a little kid, when I was young and stupid, see, that's your problem. Somebody already told me that, that George is stupid, and I think maybe he's got a point. When you're young and stupid, and you don't realize that this stuff is very good for you, and then as you acquire a different kind of taste, as you become, oh, you know, you can't just stay with the same things. That's what my Piazza told me. 11 past noon at 5.60. And by the way, what does that expression mean, the tool of ignorance? What is that all about? I don't know. Thinking of, thinking of painting your home or business? Don't paint. Protect your investment with liquid ceramic. Liquid ceramic, the technology born in NASA's space program, is available now in South Florida. That's the good news for you. Liquid ceramic is the most advanced exterior, interior, and roof coating available in the universe. You, too, can have the same high-tech ceramic technology that shields the space shuttle, protecting your home or building, and you'll never, ever have to paint again. You heard right. Liquid ceramic is guaranteed for as long as you own your home or building. Forget about repainting every few years. Liquid ceramic won't fade. It won't peel. It's guaranteed. This state-of-the-art coating yields an R24 insulation equivalency, helping you bring those electric bills down, too. Liquid ceramic is available in over 1,800 different colors. So check out Liquid Ceramic today. Call 305-347-5122. Liquid Ceramic has been manufactured and sold for over 40 years, and it's available right in South Florida as I speak. Call 305-347-5122. That's 305-347-5122. Or visit them on the net at liquidceramic.tv. When you call, be sure and tell them that old Neil told you to call. God, where there are no loses. Go straight to hell. Weekdays at 3 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. There's no fags in, in the church. Priests can't marry, that is scary Cause they still got a bone to bury Ask your local chaplain And he'll deny that this is happening Father Shanley, Father Shanley Groping little boys makes him feel manly He may try to shag ya with holy water and Viagra. Fly, fly, fly to the Vatican. They met in Roma. Try, try, try to wake the Pope, I think. He's in a coma. Priests are messing in confession. Tell your sins and they get erections. Just one other thing, though. Who's gonna pull? Who's gonna pull? Who's gonna pull the balls at bingo? Twelve, twelve, sixteen at five sixty. WQM. I guess uh, he's probably got enough energy to pull the balls. Chris, who says, welcome back. I tried to listen while you were gone. I like the show when George does it. However, Joe sucked. He makes me sick. He tries hard to be you. F him. George doesn't have to do that. I think that George and Suds would be perfect next time. Please keep Joe on at midnight when I'm sleeping, says Chris. So there's a Joe basher on there. That's good. Always good to have somebody bashing your ass, right? Always. Right? I said something. You didn't oh, hear it? I didn't hear a thing you said. How about said. that? 
I think you're mumbling again. Mm-hmm. No, you're mumbling again because we're on a, You just don't. You know, you don't want to pick on Joe. I mean, I don't know why. Because when you're not there, Joe rips you an ass. Yeah, well, I still love it. Here's another one. It says, "Why does the nothing works here guy sound exactly like Crispin Glover, Marty McFly from Back to the Future?" Just an observation. Joe and George are great, but still missed you. And welcome back, DJ Valentine. Who's that? Don't know. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, we can start doing that, and the audience isn't going to have any idea whether it's real or is it Mamorak. I hate this place. Nothing works here. Yeah, we know. Tell us something we don't know. Okay, thank you very much. But very little uh, critique, by the way, so far of the show with George and Joe, so I'm assuming that means that everybody either was happy and they loved it and it was okay and uh, they're used to it, or the people who uh, haven't turned back in yet. See, I'm not so sure it was such a good idea, and I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but you will anyway because you're so defensive lately and for good reason. But uh, probably wasn't really such a good idea you are doing the show yesterday, you and Joe. Okay. Should have played a tape? See, if we'd have had a tape, if, I mean, even even an old crappy tape, because there was nobody listening anyway. It's Memorial Day. But at least it would have indicated that, like, I was coming back. Do you follow what I'm saying? Hey, it would have been wonderful to play a tape and not come here. But right. I thought we were supposed to. We no. both did. Well, well, wait a minute. When you say you thought we were supposed to, based on who? Who told you that? See, this is the problem. And again, Josh, a.k.a. Back. Clarence, is doing a wonderful no, job. No, no. My checks came early. I love him. He's, he's right on top of the thing with Julio here. He got me in touch with him so we could straighten the phone thing out here and get everything, you know, sounding the way it is today, which is great. But this goes back to when Duff asked you when he yeah. was still here. Right. You know, Monday's Memorial but, but Day. But the bottom line was Memorial Day, nobody was supposed to be working. I mean, that's just a well, given. That's not he what asked I got. me, are you doing a show Memorial Day? And I and said, then he no, asked it's me, are you going to be doing it? And I said, yeah, okay, I guess I will. Well, let me ask you this question. Did you work last Memorial Day? I don't remember that no. far back. No. Do we ever do a show on Memorial Day? No. Fourth no. of July? No. Labor Day? No. Christmas Day? No. New Year's Day? No. No, those are the ones, see? Hey, we thought we were being troopers. We would have been happy to take the day off. See, he's getting defensive. That wasn't the purpose. The, my, the point being, which you just you just you want to let it slide by. I'm just trying to make the point. No, I see your point. That at least it gives the indication. Whereas if people who don't want to hear you guys tuned in yesterday, they think, well, Neil's gone for another week. They're not listening today. Okay, I know that comes as a great shot. Just like there are people who enjoyed you and they hear me back today, they don't want to hear all this gay banter. They're gone already. Those people are gone. The Joe and George crowd, except for the one asshole that hung around long enough to fax me the little shot. Other than that, the Joe, Joe and George heterosexual crowd. They're gone. They're gone. It's just Neil and his Amatikonis now. That's all. <laughs> that's right. That, that gay banter. Well, we'll Something never make gay... that mistake again. Okay. But gay banter evidently is big these days, judging from the reaction to that Mike Piazza story. How come it couldn't be like uh, Tom Brady? How, that would have been an interesting story. Tom Brady says he's gay. That would be uh, fantasy, I think. Oh, and by the way, speaking of that, I don't want to get into any more gay banter except to mention, you know what day of the week it is today. Tuesday. Right. Now, Robert Smallville. doesn't watch. I'm sure Robert don't watch Smallville. It's uh, beneath him to watch that. Right. In addition to which, Robert will be watching the hockey game tonight anyway, right? Go, Canes, go. Oh. Oh, how sad. How, if the Canes are playing, how come we don't have it? How come we're not carrying the game? I'm sure you're asking Robert. Right. Um, we don't want <laughs> we don't no. want weak on. There you go. No, seriously, how come we're not carrying it at least on one of our subsidiaries on uh, some other horseball station that doesn't have anything else to put on? Don't we generally do that? And by the way, since I've been gone for a few days, who is doing? And please don't please don't tell me who's doing Hurricane Sports now. Now that Mark Vandermeer is officially gone as of the end of April, who's uh, been named? No comment. 
Joe Zagaki. Oh, no. No, please. Please. Oh, now I know why we're not carrying a baseball game. That answers my question. So we have the South Florida professional, at least close to a baseball team against the Reds tonight. We don't have any hurricane baseball. And some of us with a little bit better taste than Robert will be watching the Leafs in Carolina tonight. Anyway, getting back to my broccoli business. Don't give yourself an ulcer. Eat broccoli. This from CNN.com. Broccoli and broccoli sprouts contain a chemical that kills the bacteria responsible for most stomach cancers, say researchers, confirming the dietary advice that moms have been handing out for years. You know, Dr. Mom. Like your mom with her bad hemorrhoids. Oh, God. Sulforaphane killed helico- helicopter pilots. Killed, hel- how do you say that? Helicobacter pylori. Oh, yeah, I know what that H, that's H. pylori. Remember that time when I had all those tests and I had to give the stool samples and I thought I had stomach cancer and I was having all those pains? That's H. pylori. They have a test for that, a bacteria that causes stomach ulcers and often fatal stomach cancers. And the good news is there appears to be enough of it in broccoli sprouts and some varieties of broccoli to benefit people who eat the vegetables. The levels at which we tested it are such that those could be achieved by eating broccoli or broccoli sprouts. It's a reasonable level that we think should be reached in the stomach, said Jed W. Fahey of the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. The findings are reported in today's issue of the Proceedings of the National Academy of Science, which, of course, all of us read religiously. I feel quite comfortable suggesting people eat more fruits and vegetables, specifically cruciferous vegetables. Why do you have to bring religion into it? Isn't that what happened to Jesus? He got cruciferied? <laughs> Refried. Specifically cruciferous vegetables, specifically broccoli, Faye said. No relation to Bill Faye. We know it's safe and healthy. We know sulforaphane is effective in protecting against cancers. Dr. Paul Talalay, a co- Now, haven't we talked about him before? We've had his name on. I don't remember his name. I just know that name. Dr. Paul Talalay, a co-researcher at Johns Hopkins, had previously reported sulforaphane is an effective anti-cancer agent, and the new studies extended that work to the bacteria that causes stomach cancer and ulcers. Oy! In the lab, the scientists found that sulforaphane even killed helicobacter that was resistant to commonly used antibiotics. How do you like that? So uh, broccoli is not only good for you, but it's even stronger than antibiotics. They also showed it can kill the bacterium, whether it's inside or outside cells. In people, the bacteria can hide in cells, lining the stomach, making it more difficult to get rid of the infection, said Faye. The studies concentrated on mice, and the researchers will now seek to determine if the same effect occurs in humans. Is going to be out for a while, with a, which I threw that. That was a chronic David, Jeff High's neighbor that keeps faxing me penis stuff. Hey, get off the penis crap already, will you, David? Big penises and small penises. I was just in Amsterdam, okay, David? I don't need any faxes about penises. I saw my share. So how do you like this about broccoli? Sulforaphane has been shown to have anti-cancer properties, but the amount present varies widely among varieties of broccoli. Uh, and they're doing research to develop uh, varieties of broccoli with higher levels of the chemical. They're working on it, but in the meantime, it can't hurt. Well, Have wish... a little broccoli, George. It can't hurt. I wish I could keep it down. You know how I don't mind broccoli is like uh, raw in a salad. It's not <coughs> yeah. too, uh, too So what's wrong it. with that? Nothing. You know, the Balance for Life stuff has that in it all the time, and I eat that. Right. Raw broccoli, yeah. So then don't give me this crap about you don't like broccoli. Don't start sounding like George Herbert Walker Bush. Leave that to uh, yeah. Robert, okay? Yeah, George Herbert Walker Bush, who was supposed to be the leader, okay, who besides saying, read my lips and look at what a, a, a sniveling a wimp I am, also said that broccoli sucks. It, it sucks. It does not suck. Broccoli is damn good stuff, man. And not, next you're going to be telling me that Nestle's turtle sucks, and I'm not eating no Nestle's turtle today. See, you think you're going to get me all whipped up into a frenzy, and I'm going to go out and have a, another relapse. Please don't. And you might have a point, but I'm not. And you want to know why I'm not? Why? 
Because I don't want to go back to all that pain with my back and my celiac. All that stomach stuff. Because I would love to go and have some of that Thai food again, but I, I can't eat Thai food ever again. Can't do it, Sally. I just can't. I mean, the Thai. And I realize that you can go into a Thai restaurant, order from the menu, and you can, you know, you can say mild or don't, stuff like that. But then with the milder it is, the less taste it has. So right. what's the point? What would be the point in that? None. That would, that would be that would be like going out and getting a pint of Ben and Jerry's fish food and sucking on the cardboard and just not eating the ice cream. What would be the point in that? None. Talk about a tease, man. Nothing worse than sucking on cardboard. That's what Mike Piazza says. Lawsuits and prosecutions take legal matters out of churches' hands. Long trusted to quietly resolve its own problems, the Roman Catholic Church in the U.S. is being forced into the unfamiliar realm of the courts by the fear over allegations of sexual abuse by priests. Nationwide, multi-million dollar lawsuits are forcing church leaders to turn over records and in the case of Boston's Cardinal Law, testify under oath about what they knew and when. There's the possibility of criminal prosecution for church superiors who may have looked the other way. Until recently, lawsuits by alleged victims usually were settled quietly out of court and police and prosecutors often were content to give church officials leeway to handle discipline internally, lawyers said. In the past, there was a minimum level of scrutiny to anything the church did because it was presumably acting in the best interest of people, said the Reverend Raymond C. O'Brien, a Catholic University law professor and a parish priest. The sex abuse scandal now has changed everything, he be saying. Although the civil lawsuits seek money damages from the church, some lawyers for alleged victims are now passing their findings on to criminal prosecutors... All right. Prosecutors also are increasingly willing to begin their own investigations and have demanded records on potential abusers from several church administrators. Criminal charges probably are inevitable for church higher-ups who knew of child abuse and failed to report it or who are shown to have covered up for a pedophile, lawyer said, which is outstanding oh. news to us, including Cardinal Law, who ought to be doing 10 to 20 right now. Who, by the way, your president, uh, Robert, supports uh, wholeheartedly and enthusiastically, just like he patted the Pope on the shoulder and said, don't fall, fall down, Pops. Nobody's perfect. Yeah, and believe me, he's uh, working hard to prove it. But he sure has an engaging grin. 1227 at 560 WQM. Summertime is here already. Believe me, it's 182 degrees in the shade in between the rain. Is it still raining? Look out the window, oh, George. Did. Look out the window. I'm looking out my window. It's sunny and beautiful here. Anyway, Oleomed is a product that will make you feel your best and keep you in good health no matter how hot or humid it gets in South Florida. And believe me, they say this summer it's going to be like a furnace, like an oven. Oh, sorry, Robert, shouldn't have said oven. Oleomed is a soft gel capsule. It contains pharmaceutical-grade olive oil along with vitamins, minerals, and herbals to promote health for all different aspects of your body. For your prostate, there's a separate product for your heart, for your blood pressure, your cholesterol. Oleomed's also got supplements to promote health in your circulatory system, your digestive and endocrine system, your skin and bones, even your mind, all using the benefits of the best olive oil that money can buy. And don't forget, Oleomed's got products for guys and for you ladies out there as well. Oleomed's available at Walgreens, Whole Food Markets, Navarro Pharmacy, and Sedano's. It's a stupendous, exciting new product. If you'd like to learn more about Oleomed, how it works, and what it does for you, just call them toll-free. They'll answer your questions. Call 1-866-OLEOMED. That's 1-866-O-L-E-O-M-E-D. Or you can also order their products on their website. It's like, they're my national league team now. Weeknights at 10 on Sports Radio 560. Hey, asshole. Hey, world. I'm back. Know that old saying about diarrhea? Just let it run its course. Holy crap, Susie. You got to do something about that diarrhea. Today, I did what was right for my body. I took Imodium. Why suffer when Imodium AD can stop diarrhea safely and gently, often in just one dose? You need two doses, believe me. Imodium AD. Restore yourself.
Okay, 1231 at 560. WQM, some really uh, interesting faxes here, including this one that goes, you see the one that goes on and on and on for pages? That yeah. doesn't make any sense. But at the, uh, these people have like their own newsletter. I don't, I just uh, don't get, but at the top of this one, he writes, uh, by the way, Joe is soft, soft as a bag of marshmallows. Please no more Joe. And then it's got like a bunch of Z's, you know? Kind of like, like the beast. So Joe's starting to take a little heat from the audience out there, which is good because that'll toughen him up a little bit. There's nothing worse than a guy who thinks he's going to be a talk show host with thin skin, Joe. Just keep that in mind. What? No, I'm just reaching back there to get the faxes off of there. It's good exercise, man. If you could see, you'd be very impressed with this thing. And now the fact that we're on the same wavelength today, this is this is uh, phenomenal. I was just telling Julio during the break. What that, what uh, whatever they do, when they correct the line and fix the problem, please don't go back to the way it was with the delay. No way. No chance. Tell them, tell them I'll be sick for a long time, like for the rest of the summer if that happens, because I don't, uh, don't want to go back to that way. That, when, when you hear the difference between the way this is and that momentary, like, uh, it, it's always like everything was a half second apart. It was driving me nuts. I'd have a, he- a headache by the end of the show. Right. Every day. And I couldn't hear a goddamn thing you were saying, which it's not bad enough you mumble to begin with, but then on top of that, the half second delay, and I'm always saying, what is it? Like I'm having Rush Limbaugh disease all of a sudden, like I'm getting deaf. What? What? Anyway, here's a fact. It says, Neil, Mo Howard read the same post column the writer was fired for last week and then went on to read an email from a listener that suggested an unnamed man in the gossip item was Robbie Alomar since it has been rumored for years that he was gay because he dated a tennis player, question mark. Yes, that rumor has been going around. Brady Anderson, Robbie Alomar. Somebody called right after that and said, Howard, aren't you doing the same thing the gossip columnist did? Aren't you broadcasting an unsubstantiated rumor about a baseball player to which Mo said, no, 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 you don't understand. We're talking about the bigger picture here. Should a player's sexuality come into question, blah, blah, blah? And the listener hammered him at least two more times until Mo said, well, maybe you're right. I see your point. End of the call. My chair is still wet, says Todd from Hollywood. Of course, I'm doing it again and spreading a rumor as well. P.S. I love George and Joanna Year. If they had two tits between them, I'd marry one of them. Well, how do you like that? Well, sorry, I only have one. Oh. And based on the last couple of faxes, I don't think George, uh, Joe has got any. So Joe's starting to take a little bit of, uh, he's boring. What was the other one that said? He's uh, something. Coma and do soft. Soft. He's very soft. Here's one from Yale and Marco Island who says on one of the shows last week, George's partner, that's Joe, advised us that he loves hip-hop and would attend the upcoming festival. Like I said, man, between his stock car racing and his goddamn hip-hop, never liked that Joe to begin with. After throwing up, I gathered enough strength to turn the radio off. This guy makes George look great. Welcome back, Neil. <laughs> Bit of a double shot there. Yeah. He loves hip-hop. Oh, my God. He's got some very strange taste. You know that? Yeah, I do know that. I mean, I love Joe Costello. He's a good guy. But he, he has got very peculiar. Besides being a Yankee fan, which, I mean, that, that alone, you know, puts him into a category that makes him repulsive in some ways. But uh, other than that, and plus Christina Aguilera. He's into the mousy look. I'm surprised he's not going to have the hots for Maria Bartiromo. Maybe he hasn't seen her. Maybe he just can't handle the heavy bags, all the baggage. Here's one that says, I found the George and Joe combo very entertaining. Maybe they can get their own show. Bob, P.S., glad you're back. Thank you, Bob. I'm glad to be back, too. Does anybody believe it? No. Sure I am. I'm still on vacation, but I'm right here in Toronto. Right. You're it's not sunny. Back. It's beautiful. I'm not back. You're back there. Right. I'm back here. Got off the plane at Pearson, and by the way, I should point out that we were supposed to land here at uh, 4.10 p.m. on Sunday. Got off about 45 minutes late because of that usual, well, we got some late baggage to put on, et cetera, and so on. Landed, guess what time? 4.10 p.m., you could have set your life on it. How do you like that, huh? How often does that happen? 
I was here in my joint by uh, before 5 o'clock in the afternoon. It was sensational. Oh! Beautiful weather warmed up just in time for me coming back all week long. It's looking like it's going to be beautiful. Sounds great to me. We got Jim Mandage coming up in one now. What's, what was the story last week? Was anybody else out? Because I noticed that the Mo this morning said everybody's back. I guess just because of the holidays. Pretty much. Everybody was there. Because I know when I left, we had Joe was doing a Jim and Jim was doing Joe. And then there were all those rumors about Joe wants to go back on the air again. All kind of stuff going on. Oh, and guess who I talked to from Amsterdam? Norma Kent. Oh, I forgot to tell you this. This is going to make your day. This will make your day. And I haven't even got to Kathy Lee Bands Frank from the bedroom yet. Or the thing about uh, the proposed TV show with Bubba and Monica Lewinsky as guests. Uh. Bill and Monica, TV reunion, blockbuster, question mark, all America would be watching. It says, this is in the Inquirer, or is this from the Star? No, the Inquirer. So, you know, there must be some uh, something to it, or not. So Norma Kent calls me, the misguided one, the one who just can't find his real place in life, the one who really believes he's a broadcaster. To, to get my feeling, to, to feel me out. He's been offered, he's uh, accepted. Um, there's, uh, who knows who's paying for it. On FTL, the light bulb, an hour a day between 10 and 11 a.m. to broadcast, they're underwriting it and paying him a big chunk of money to talk about HIV insurance. Uh-huh, an infomercial. Right. 10 to 11 a.m. every day for like a year or something like that. Which, I mean, after you talk about it the first hour, uh, I don't know what you say about after that, but nevertheless, you what say, does he you care? You say it again. He'll take the money. Now, you do understand, 10 to 11 a.m., this is my attorney who right. represents me. Sounds like a conflict of interest to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Competing against you. Right. I said, Norma, have a good time, sweetheart. Just, uh, you know, do your thing. You don't Just get on my face. threatened by that? Did I mention, by the way, about, uh, I started to mention Smallville, and then Robert uh, went into a thing about he was watching the hurricanes or some stupid crap like that? Right. Never did finish. No. Tonight's Tuesday. Now, is it 9 o'clock? I do believe. See, I get confused because Global shows it on one night at, uh, I guess that's tomorrow night at 8. Well, I don't have to watch it tonight. I can watch it tomorrow night on Global. I got the TV I'm, guide right here at my fingertips. I'm going to be immersed in my Maple Leafs and the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, oh, is that what he was talking? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I get confused. Those are the correct coons. Oh, you were talking about the hockey coons. The hockeyoons? See, when he said go Hurricanes, I wasn't even thinking it because there's so many teams that are named Hurricanes. You realize we got three, we got a whole bunch of teams named Hurricanes. So you're rooting for Carolina? Go Weeksy. No, no, Weeksy ain't playing, okay? Weeksy ain't playing. He's busy uh, picking watermelon seeds. He ain't playing. Go Hedekin? Yeah, right. He, just to be contrary, just to be a prick, there's Robert. He's getting even with all the bush bashing now. His comment is go Carolina. You have, well, why would anybody root for Carolina? Anybody. I can't even imagine. Now it looks like Carolina and Colorado. Now at least they both begin with a C. I'll give them that. Carolina and Colorado in the Stanley Cup Finals. My God, talk about a death knell for the sport. Man, yeah. Oh, that's right. Now they mentioned it. Maybe some of Robert's not-so-distant relatives actually grew up in the hills up there in Raleigh. Or like in the environs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did you look up in your TV guide? Is yes, it 9 I o'clock? Did. 9 o'clock and it's a repeat. Oh, it's a repeat. Well, I've seen it then. That's okay. A corrupt cop coerces Clark into joining forces with him. No, I haven't seen that. Well, then it's new. to I haven't seen it either, so it's new to both of us. All right, let's hear it for Smallville, baby. All right. And the lovely Tom Welling. Now, when's he coming out? Out of what? Hiding. I'll tell you what, if that ever happened on that day, they'd have to sedate me. You know how we have the sedation? Oh, my God. Exactly, the sedation dentist. They'd have right. to sedate Neil. 21 before a...
getting tongue-tied now. Just get back, quit with the gay banner, and get back to doing your radio show. Stop with all the goddamn hysteria, with all this uh, delusions of grandeur. Tom Welling wouldn't give you... Oh, but uh, Norma Kent, speaking of that, did I remember I told you about how we met him out there in, uh shooting in Vancouver? That's what he said. He was shooting it. I think it was one of Norma's uh, hallucinations. Bad acid trip, or maybe a bad weed. 315 votes on the poll. That's a little more like it. Which of these uh, phrases or expressions are the most redundant? Cheap old Jew, 67, which, of course, George came up with that for obvious reasons. Dumb redneck, 54. Religious fanatic, 52. Boring baseball game, 33. Good one. Cheap French Canadian, 28. Pedophile priest, 24. Hysterical old Julio, 19. Schwarzer crack addict, 16. Jew-hating Arab, 16. Silly Brit, 5. And rude uh, Dutchman's only got one. Alstablieft. And I know which one it is, too. The one that nearly killed me on the tram. Just practically pushed me right off the edge on the damn rack. 41 at 560 WQM. If you want to go out to a great restaurant, I mean, we got a lot of restaurants in South Florida that are pretty good, some that are better than others, but one that's really great, and I use that term very sparingly, Armadillo Cafe is definitely in that category. They've been around in town for a long time. For the past 14 years in a row, they've been voted one of the best restaurants in Broward, and that's because they really are. They're an institution in town, and now they're in a great, uh, better location, better because it's easier to get to them because they got tons of free parking. They're at 3400 South University Drive, just south of 595 in Davie, right in the Pizza Loft Plaza there behind Pier 1 Imports. The food is out of this world. Start out with an appetizer like the tequila grilled shrimp with corn cakes. Try the Tempura Island Princess Conk. Try one of their terrific spinach salads with glazed pecans or the pistachio-crusted mozzarella salad with lemon basil dressing. So even if you're like watching your weight, you can go there and try any of the phenomenal salads that they've got there out of this world. And the entrees are all prepared with the best and freshest ingredients like the pan-seared yellowtail snapper with roasted peppers. Try the sea bass with sweet corn and veal glaze. The roasted porcini mushroom dusted, oh man, out of this world. Grilled tenderloin of ostrich with goat cheese and smashed potatoes and port wine, and sun-dried cherry sauce. And if that doesn't turn you on, wait till you get to the dessert. The Armadillo Cafe's creme brulee is the best you've ever had in the world, no matter how many places you've been. And I never had these, but every time I read it, it gives me goosebumps. Warm chocolate fritters covered in hot, in hot fudge. Out of this world. Call Armadillo Cafe for reservations for a real feast, 954-423-9954. That's 954-423-9954. Check them out on their website if you like at armadillocafe.com. Be sure and tell them that old Neil sent you by for a feast. Ted Kaplan, weeknights at 10 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. Holy Mackinac! This is Joe Bowen, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you're listening to the Hockey Authority, Neil God. Let's get ready to rumble! Tonight on Fox, it's Celebrity Boxing 3. R2-D2 versus Stephen Hawking. Ooh, now fight me. You overgrown vibrator. Now, not in the face. The Rock versus Mini-Me. Y'all ready for this? First man to touch her will have to come through me. Are you mad? Celebrity Boxing 3. Now, you little bastard. You freaking idiot. 1245 at 560 WQM. I apologize to Robert for getting all confused before when I was talking about the hockey game tonight and you said Hurricanes and I thought it was the baseball thing because I heard this morning on the update they were talking about the Hurricane baseball team made it to the um, something, the regionals. Yes, they did. See, and I thought you were talking about Hurricane baseball because Hurricanes, I mean, like, uh, is there really a hockey team named that? No. No, not really. Here's a fact that says Joe blows his brain. Boy, a lot of, a lot of heat on Joe today. He's taking some real abuse, and guess what? The good news is, I bet she's listening right now, don't you think? I don't know. Usually he doesn't get up till 4. No, no, you don't understand. He didn't work last night. Oh, that's right. 
See, this That's is right. even, though, even though it's Tuesday, it's more like Monday because it's a day that he didn't work. So, like Monday, every now and then he would come in in the morning and like visit us on Mondays and be sociable for a couple of minutes. He won't be doing that anymore in the future after these faxes. But anyway, so he might be listening right now, which is good. Knock him down a few pegs. Don't let him get a big swelled head. You know, think he's a big shot with that overnight show where don't even have enough people listening to fill a phone booth. I mean, it's nice you got that number in there and he's working very conscientiously at it and he's trying to build something. That's good. But let's face it, anybody that says he likes hip hop. It says, Joe blows, he's brainless. Putting him and George back-to-back made George look like a genius. Well, there you go. See? I like that, Joe. (laughs) There you go. See how I bailed you out? You were right on the ropes, right on the edge, speaking of celebrity boxing, and I bailed your ass out. Just when they thought you were out, I dragged you back in. I'll never question your judgment again. Joe appeals to the audience. Shut up. Joe appeals to the audience who miss the callers and hate you reading, the people who oppose thinking. Please keep Joe where he belongs. Overnights with the sports morons. Thanks is a lady in Hollywood. How do you like that, Joe? Yeah. Not a rousing endorsement from the audience on the Joe factor there. You say? Well, you're not going to say much. I love Joe. We're and not like, talking like personal. This is this is business. We're not talking personal. See, I like I Joe. This... I like the job that he does on the air. Yeah. I always thought that, I mean, this isn't the first time you guys did on the show together, but the way these faxes are implying, and maybe these people haven't heard that before, but uh, quite a few of them, they don't like it. Although in the past, before he had his own show, maybe he was like less uh, prominently involved, if you get my drift. Yeah. And so now, in other words, that he's like stepping out and kind of like being more of a part of the show. Now, uh, they get to understand that he's like uh, boring and they don't like that. Well, what can I say? My mother says all you talk about is sex. But she never misses a minute. That's right. And just like Rimmer, can't stand you on the air. He talked about Mo. He talked about Greg. And Mo talked about this. And Hank talked about. Amazing to me. All these, just like this giant closet audience that I've had all these years. I got them. They're out there right now. They would never admit to anybody they listen to this show. Neil Rogers is the Antichrist. All those terrible things he says about religion. He's a fag. He's this. And they're listening right now. Everybody in that goddamn town, black, white, purple in between, Yahoo, redneck, Jews, old, uh, whatever the hell they are, Julios, they're all listening right now. You're not fooling anybody. You're not fooling this old queen, I'll tell you that right now. I've been around the world a little bit. The politics of sexual misconduct, this is from yesterday's Boston, or Sunday's Boston Globe, excuse me, by Eileen McNamara. The politics of sexual misconduct in the Roman Catholic Church are on display in the case of Archbishop Rember G. Weekland, demonstrating that neither the right nor the left has cornered the market on hypocrisy. It took the Vatican less than 24 hours to expedite the resignation of the Milwaukee Archbishop after he acknowledged paying $450,000 to a man who had accused him of sexual assault, an allegation the prelate denies. The single victim in Milwaukee, if he is one, was an adult, unlike the scores of children who have accused priests in Boston of molestation and their archbishop of complicity for his serial cover-ups of their crimes. Why no comparably speedy action on the part of Pope John Paul II to accelerate the retirement of Cardinal Law? At age 70, he's only five years younger than Wickland, who's reached mandatory retirement age. Consistency is the standard for the Pope's pronouncements in matters of faith and morals, so Wickland's quick demise in Law's stubborn hold could not have anything to do with the fact that the former has been a thorn in the Vatican side at least as long as the latter has been a reliable champion, could it? For criticism by conservative Catholics, his advocacy of a married clergy, the ordination of women, and a greater role for the laity undermined the teachings of the Church. The Vatican forbade a Dominican-run university in Switzerland to grant Wickland an honorary degree after he invited women to a meeting to share their views on birth control and abortion. The Pope cannot be sorry to see him go. Law, by contrast, is the most conservative cardinal in the U.S., 
with a record of enforcing orthodoxy, slapping down dissent, and marginalizing the laity while offering churches as staging areas for assaults on women's health clinics by such anti-abortion extremists as Operation Rescue. The Pope must be reluctant to lose him. But the question of consistency is not the Vatican's alone. The Wheatland resignation forces progressive Catholics to face the dilemma that confronted liberals in the cases of President Clinton and former Republican Senator Bob Packwood of Oregon. Clinton was impeached for his sexual misconduct with a White House intern, and Packwood was forced to resign for sexual harassment. The workplace misconduct for which both men were condemned is an anathema to liberals, but it proved difficult for many to denounce either man because of their political support for gay rights, pay equity, reproductive rights, family leave, and other causes the left holds dear. Wickland has been one of the highest-ranking champions of change in an increasingly conservative church hierarchy. He was a rare sign of hope for reform-minded Catholics who now seem more saddened than angry at his precipitous fall from grace. Their ambivalence can be explained in part by the ambiguous nature of the accusation against him. Paul Marcoux was 31 in 1979, a graduate student in theology, when he claims Wickland sexually assaulted him. The archbishop was 52. Marcoux did not bring his charges until 1997, and when he did, Wickland denied them, but then paid $450,000 to buy his silence. In a lame attempt at self-justification, Wickland said he had earned more than that amount in speaking fees that he had turned over to the archdiocese. A 1980 letter from Wickland to Marcoux released last week reads like nothing so much as a missive of love and heartbreak. In it, Wickland tells Marcoux that he expects to be ridiculed by him for returning to his vow of celibacy and that he cannot supplement with church funds the $14,000 in personal funds he had given him to finance a video project. Marcoux might be an assault victim or he might be a spurned lover, but Wickland at the very least put the protection of his privacy ahead of the needs of his flock and abused his power by either seducing or abusing a younger man susceptible to his power and influence. He is now paying the price for his misjudgment. When will law be account held accountable for his? Ask Eileen McNamara in the Boston Globe this weekend. Another excellent article. The Globe's done a spectacular job blowing the lid off this whole thing, and it just it blows. I think it's a very good way to put it. It blows. A lot of blowing going on. A wise lady once told us, remember her at IOD? If you blow too much, you're in trouble. That's what she said. I think she may have had a point. How you doing, Terry? Where is she these days? Is she still a worse? What is she doing? I'm not sure. Hmm. She'll call. Well, we wish her the best. Yeah, call in, Terry. We won't take your call or anybody else's, but at least we appreciate it. 1252. We did take that one call today, and boy, it sounded great. It almost inspired me to take like another one or two. You know what? I might just do that when we come back. Although, 1252 at 560 WQM, we got the mad dog at 1 o'clock, the hysterical hound, the angry puppy. If you're tired of hassles with your cellular service, or you're tired of that $50 a month plan that you thought you were getting, which winds up costing you hundreds of dollars a month, then get on the team with Team Celtech at Celtech Communications, your authorized Nextel representative. For over 25 years, Celtech's been providing South Florida with the best service they, uh, they, that they can. They take the hassle away from dealing with a cellular company, not to mention the expense. And right now, Nextel Shared Rewards Plan allows you to share 4,000 monthly minutes with free incoming calls for just $54.99. Celtech's got a stupendous selection of other plans, no matter what your budget, with most including free incoming calls, nationwide long distance, caller ID, voicemail, and Nextel's unique Direct Connect to a radio feature, too. So whether it's one phone, a thousand, or a zillion, take it from me and their very own starting quarterback, the spokesman, Jay Fiedler, who's all over the place. Celtech Communications, your authorized Nextel representative, is the only smart way to go. Call 1-800-CELTEC-2 today and get yourself connected. That's 1-800-CELTEC and the number 2. Celtech Communications... Drivers. The Joe and Mark Show. Overnights on Sports Radio oh. 560. QAM. Get I f***ed him. Oh! It's the Bill Clinton Talk Show. 
you. Thank you for joining me. We've got a great show tonight, my first talk show. Secretary of State Colin Powell will be dropping in. Dick Cheney will be here. President George Bush will be here. And uh, I knew I'd get you guys. You are so damn gullible. You didn't think those guys were really going to show here, did you? Man. Anyway, you know, life's been pretty good to me after the presidency. I still see Hillary now and again. We went to a baseball game the other day. Pitcher came up to me and whispered something in my ear, and I leaned over to Hillary, and I said, beat it. She took off. The pitcher said, wait a minute. I said, throw out the first pitch. <laughs> no, you know, but I've but I met some nice women. I met a woman, nice girl, speaks eight languages. Nice part is she can't say no in any of them. So. <laughs> Oh, you know, I still like to stay fit. I went out jogging just the other morning. I tripped, and doggone it, I fell right in the river. And this little kid comes swimming over to me and drags me out. And I said, how can I thank you? And he said, well, how about a new wheelchair? I said, well, he sure don't look handicapped. He said, I will be when my dad finds out I saved your ass. <laughs> but I'm glad I got a talk show here. You know, it hasn't been easy to talk, though. I've had a little problem with my voice, so I went to a specialist, and I asked the doctor the best way to stop losing my voice. He said, stop eating your words. <laughs> well, here's something weird. You know, I went skiing out west, and I'm looking in the snow there, and I see someone had relieved themselves and written, Clinton must die in the snow. So I called the cops, and then they took a sample of that yellow snow and called me the next day, and they said, Mr. Clinton, that yellow snow belonged to one of your best friends, Al Gore. And I said, dang, I knew I couldn't trust him. What could be worse than that? And they said it was Hillary's handwriting. <laughs> Don't go away. We'll be right back. Woo! Can't wait for that show. Put Smallville in its place. I guarantee you that. Forget the Super Bowl, forget the Oscars, get ready for the biggest TV event ever, Bill and Monica together again. It's in the Inquirer, so there must be uh, maybe something to it or not. Instant hit. Powerful. You Are you interrupting again? Not me. No wonder Joe sounded so bad, you know what? Probably wouldn't let him get a word in edgewise. Probably every time he started talking about hockey, you cut him off. I know how that works. Powerful friends of the former president have been quietly exploring the possibility of reuniting the notorious couple on a small screen the Inquirer's learned exclusively... This will generate the highest ratings in the history of television, declared an insider close to the situation. While Clinton has denied numerous reports that he's negotiating for his own TV show, the Inquirer has learned that he's still very interested in the possibility. What's more, high-powered Hollywood pals are actively pursuing a TV deal for him. Clinton could certainly use the money that a hit TV show would generate while he's been earning millions since leaving the presidency. He's 